0: Consequence Podcast Network.
1: How could you do that to me? I thought we were a couple of souls.
2: Constant listeners, and welcome to another episode of The Losers Club, a Stephen King podcast presented by the Consequence Podcast Network. You hear that noise? Well, I don't know what noise says a number, but the number of this episode is a 100. That means we've done a 100 episodes of this. We can be syndicated finally. We've, uh, we're getting calls from Bravo, from True TV, and all the other lesser known networks that really want to syndicate four hour long episodes of Stephen King books from random different moments in life. Anyway, it's a big moment for us because 100 is a big deal. 100 is a very big deal, and uh, you know, we're celebrating it at uh, not-so-humble times. Uh, the spirit of Christmas is here, and we're celebrating 100 episodes with Kingmas. I mean, that, that's, that's something special. How, did we plan that?
0: No, and no. it's our last
2: episode of the year. Correct?
0: I think
3: this is irrefutable proof that God does exist, <laughs> and Christ was indeed born in Bethlehem.
4: This is Justin's conversion episode wow, also just a lot right. of milestones.
3: Dozens of years went by but I'm finally here.
4: Who is this actually?
3: Oh, I am uh <laughs> Justin Gerber, I'm a contributor to Consequence of Sound. Also a co-host over at Halloweenies, which is currently a Michael Myers podcast but will be changing over
0: in the new year. But we'll talk about that at a different time. <laughs> and who is to your right? This is Mackenzie Gerber. And I am a constant contributor to this podcast, as well as Halloweenies, and I look forward to that in the new year, as well as another year of the King.
2: I'm actually looking forward to another year as well, and it's a big year because 19. We all know 19. That's a big number in King's world. Who is on the other end of the phone? It doesn't sound. She sounds like she's in this room, but she's not. Who is this?
4: It's Mel Castle, constant contributor to the podcast in iowa city the most exciting city in the midwest Whoa. so much going on especially when all the undergrads have left town for winter break um i'm just like buried under under mounds of things to do and places to go um i'm being exceedingly facetious at the moment
2: It's it's got to be a lot of fun though i, I hear a lot of great things i uh, wasn't like uh didn't kiss write a song about iowa city did they? Uh, they've got a great state fair. For, was it for... shout? <laughs> yeah, it was shout. No, it was Iowa, yeah, Iowa Rock I was... City. I think it was. No, I think um, it's. I think it's called Sowing the Seeds of Love, right? Oh yeah, uh, that's my my uh, my favorite Cheers for Fears song. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no, wait, it's not. It's a it's a, no, a it's cheap rip off of the Beatles. Song. But uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do love Kiss, and I but I don't like uh, Ace Frehley. Who's a Trumper? So. I got some bad news for you about the other members of Kiss. <laughs> if,
3: you go, if you want to start there, we can go ahead and keep what, talking. What, what, what are some bad news? You what, think Gene Simmons is out there voting for Hillary Clinton? 2016? No, probably not. He's
4: an ardent leftist, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, All definitely. the other members of Kiss are trying to convince he Ace copy, to
3: he copyrighted the dollar sign. All right, let's just uh, anyway.
2: <laughs> he copyrighted the dollar. He sign. did. Did he really? Yes, he really did. Wow. Yeah. What he a cool, a, he's a cool he, guy, though.
3: He's, he's awesome.
2: I like Gene Simmons, or at least I did, because he's Jewish. And uh, I like how that's your up, criteria. Is he Jewish? <laughs> yeah. He is Jewish.
4: I like him. Well, sure. Well, no, I mean, he's as a kid, it. I thought
2: that was pretty cool. Like Him yeah. and Paul Stanley, I believe, are uh, the two Jews in the band. But anyway, we're not here to talk about Kiss. We're here to talk about King. Starts with a K. And
4: music, though.
2: We could talk about music. We, we're going to be talking about um, <laughs> one particular artist. And no, he's not a member of Kiss. He's a member of The Most, or a former member of The Most. You might know him as Charlie Hondrick, because that is his real name, and he actually wrote the theme song that you hear every episode, but not this one. Uh, he actually wrote this one, too, but it's a different song than the one you're used to. You probably noticed it. It has a little Christmas ting to it. Well, he wrote that one as well, and we have him on the podcast to talk about that song, in addition to the front song, which you hear on a weekly basis on the Losers Club, and which many of you have uh, reached out to us on social networks to figure out who sings this song, because he didn't put the lyrics on um, to that song on the Did you uh, tell Google. him in this
3: interview to just go ahead and just create some random website with some lyrics on it? He so needs to do that. Can just Google these lyrics and find the song? Because we're not always going to be there to send out these, tell you what, uh, I'm, these... I'm things. not
2: answering any more of his questions. Well, we are going to answer the questions <laughs> because. Yeah, he's very kind in letting us use the music, and he uh, he's, a, he's an old friend of mine, I've uh, known him since I was little, and we have a nice little touching interview at the end of this uh, episode to kind of close out this year, and this has been a very crazy year, and you're going to have some nice little stories in there, including one involving Cy King, and it's a hilarious anecdote that he shares with us, and one that I really want Stephen King to hear about, so you mm-hmm. gotta, you got to listen to the episode, and you'll get to it, but for now it's been a while and then that's not a reference to stain. It's a reference to the fact that we haven't really been following these needful tweets lately. So I think we, but needed... I can
4: still remember just the way they taste. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that, that,
4: that was a reference. to
2: stain. That, that is a reference to stain. Um, <laughs> oh. But here, here's a nice reference to what we're going to be going into Apollo 13, the abyss and creep show. Who is that? what are you talking about
4: tom hanks
2: (laughs) no not tom hanks ed harris kick it off wow
5: he's not a human being don't you see what he's done kill them all and god sort them out
2: All right. You really caught me off guard with that. I generation. know. I should, can't, like, can't wait, what? 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 Going a little fast he's here. He's not, not a fast. human being. He's not a human being. Everyone do their best Ed Harris impersonation right now. Justin.
0: He's not a human being. We are not losing those men.
5: Don't you see what he's done? Don't give up. God damn it. Don't you give up. You stupid. Bitch, give up! <laughs> <laughs> give up! Wait,
0: why did yell give up at the end? <laughs> no, I, oh yeah, that's actually wasn't that from the hours? <laughs> that, <laughs>
2: that's actually from the firm. Does um, uh, no, uh, anybody know any lines from Milk Money? <laughs> oh, I love, I love Milk Money. Uh, you you brought a prostitute to our bedroom? I don't I don't think that's a line from. Pro- <laughs> <laughs> She's nothing but a whore. She's nothing but a. What uh, is Don Johnson's wife doing in my house? Um, anyway, we're here with a the last edition of mm. uh, Needful Tweets for 2018. Oh, it's so sad. Mm. Um, it's been a great year. It's been a great year. Uh, <laughs> great tweets and great news. But, um, you know, if, if you listen to our uh, King's Giving episode, you might have heard that uh, the way we do Needful Tweets is a little different than how we used to do it. I'm drawing some of the ones that are really noteworthy. and Lovingly putting them different curated. Lovingly, Lovingly curated. <laughs> I, I spent a good hour today curating this, by the way. So... Um, The first one, I'll kick it off. It's a segment that I'd like to call Like Father, Like Son. And on November 26, King retweeted his son, Joe Hill, who said, who wrote, who tweeted, you want to know what will make you feel really good? Go hit Goodreads and give a book you love five stars. Doesn't have to be one of mine. Go celebrate a writer who took you someplace special and made you feel something real. Tweeting again, but it's for a good cause. So, uh, what, what about you, Justin? You're a big Goodreads. Fan. I love Goodreads. I I catalog everything I read on there, dates and everything
3: else. And uh, that's also where people can go find out what uh, books we'll be covering mm. for 2019. I'll be updating that shortly. That is your favorite social network. But I do love Goodreads. You uh, do love I Letterboxd, love, too, though. I follow it all the time. It's it's the book version of Letterboxd mm-hmm. for me. Yeah, yeah Goodreads
0: is really fun too because you can scan the barcode of your book. Because you know, sometimes you'll look up a book and it w- they won't have the quite the right version. But you can scan your version put, and get it in there, mm-hmm. and then other people can you know, find that version out there. It's, so really, it's, it's kind of fun if you have maybe like a a special edition or a, you know, a rare book or something.
2: Mel, have you ever used Goodreads?
4: Yeah, I love it for when I'm in a bookstore in the library, and I'm like, oh, what was that book that I wanted to read? Like, oh, it totally. used to be Lost, but now I open up Goodreads, and I look at my wish list, and I immediately spend too much money. <laughs> and
3: they what? also made Loss into a TV show, so you didn't have to
2: worry about that. <laughs> well, I know uh, if we have a lot of books, we probably have a place to put them. And in this next tweet, uh, which if you want to read it, uh, it's Maggie- uh,
0: King's True Dominion, December 1st, he writes, like J.K. Rowling and Neil Gaiman, I have a writing room. Actually, it's a one-room studio. There's even a couch. And if you think that's pretentious, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Oh, wow uh, so this I was a love... response
4: to some drama on twitter yeah. about writers having their own space just for writing oh
0: wait right, really right. who was yes. wrong with that? and uh someone said it was pretentious some, some asshole what? out there uh you know likes writing in,
2: you know starbucks uh guess what she, i i would I'm gonna love bet to have my own writing room it's you could have in your own writing room you have a I can't do, especially,
3: it's kind of in my kitchen yeah area, yeah, I, I, yeah I, but I've, justin
4: you have a real job
2: that's true oh, but still oh, I mean, burn well I, I, like, oh, really hold on hold on was a self-burn it was <laughs> <She> a self-burn <laughs> yeah. self although, have I, I, although it. I i got in a lot of heat uh, recently for saying a real writer is someone who's published which is what literally every teacher of mine has told me for the rest of, for, for my entire life but oh well anyway we don't have to go into that i love
0: that he 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 throws himself in there with jk rowling and neil Gaiman because i love both of them as well you do oh, that's nice that's good big fan of those three can those three get together and do something maybe they could go in and have a drink or something make
4: a pie i don't know
0: <laughs> yeah i'd like a round table
2: discussion with three of them that'd be interesting yeah. justin you take they're the- all
4: they're all just like out of touch centrists i don't <laughs> think it'd be very interesting at all
2: yeah it would probably would just be like so how's your tea that's eh, pretty good Oh, sounds good. Yeah. Oh,
4: you're British, so you care about your tea. Yeah. Mm.
2: Well, that's that was the stereotype that I was leaning on just then. Yeah. Uh, do you think Stephen King likes tea? No. Do you think he's a coffee guy? Yes. 100%. Okay. Hundred percent. Well. Well, he used go, to be a beer guy. <laughs> I, I, he, he probably is a beer guy. I not so not was a like a, a
3: Coke, Coke, Coke guy. guy. You understand? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. All right. Next tweet. Stephen still got it. Congrats to our authors who won the 2018 Goodreads Choice Awards, Elevation by Stephen King for Best Horror, The Outsider by Stephen King for Best Mystery and Thriller. Now, this also proves another point about Goodreads is I never, ever go to um, what won, like, best book for any of the genres because you'll get things like Elevation winning for Best Horror and The Outsider winning for Best Mystery and Thriller. It's It's absolutely like a
2: popularity contest. There's mm-hmm. no... Critical thought into a lot of this. They're story. not
4: shy about that, though. That's the whole yeah. point. Well, yeah.
2: well this is also tweeted by Simon and Schuster that uh, King retweeted as well. So they're pretty happy about their two. Oh, books I'm sure they're that. thrilled about it. Yeah,
3: I was not that thrilled about Elevation. You read The know. Outsider, though? I did not read The Outsider yet.
2: Hmm. Who? Oh, it was Mel and uh, Randall. Luke Lamont, though. I'm
3: not. Surprised. It, was, it was like pretty good. Yeah. You excited? Go, Would you re- say it was the best it. mystery and thriller of the year? <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, why don't you give us a little Molly Watch?
4: Molly Watch. On December 9th, King tweeted, Molly, a.k.a. The Thing of Evil, rests up after another day of bad behavior. And then she was sitting on the bed on the cute little corgi. And on December 10th, FBI dog keeping tabs on the Thing of Evil? Quite possible. Photo sent to me by Stephanie Spruce Leonard, possibly from Facebook.
2: It's really cute. It has like this dog that's like looking through this gate. You no know, so it's it's I, I love dogs, and I like uh <laughs> King and dogs, so
4: I especially love how Molly is banned from every pet care facility near Stephen King because she actually is so badly behaved
2: we We've got some uh we got some intel that are still looking into that, so hopefully we'll we'll find something soon. but I do love the idea that Molly is this troublemaker because one of my favorite posts that he's ever done about Molly was when like he took an image of just like her ripping up a bunch of stuff that's around the house. Like that just kills me. This little Corgi that is just causing terror. Hilarious, but this dog loves to sleep. And as I've, I'm a, a connoisseur of Corgis when it comes to looking for images and videos. And one of my favorites is just seeing the dogs lay on their back and you almost feel like they can't get up ever again because they're kind of stuck and like a turtle, like a turtle. Yeah. Like mature in the turtle. That's going to be Mm -hmm. a question in a bag of bones later on.
4: They call that roaching when a dog goes on their back like a dead roach. Yep. That's pretty funny.
2: That's kind of Well, I'm going to give this one to you, Justin, because you You like this book. I I... I do, but I
3: have no idea what this reference is. I I mean, I haven't read it in about 10 years. Okay. Okay. Well, speaking of 10, December 10th. December 10th. Trump must have read Lisi's story. Those of you who've read it will know and can explain, and he wrote uh, Smocking Gun. Yeah, I think smocks have something to do. I I don't I don't remember the specific part of the book. Uh, to be hundred percent fair, with you. well, maybe our no, constant no, listeners can. Uh,
4: so he's punning on smoking gun, right? Yeah. Well, yeah,
2: because okay. th- well, th- like Trump, you know, typed it wrong when mm-hmm. twice in his. Well, he did on purpose, though, as you said. Oh yeah, right. Okay. Anyway, let's. Uh, we got it. We got I a got new nothing. section. This is going to be fun. We're all going to take one one at a time. This is the stamp of Stephen. And uh, this is going to be – these are all the tweets that I've uh, gathered together of all his, you know, all his recommendations that he's putting out there and hmm. the stamps of approval. Remember
4: it's, Chance Watch?
2: Oh, yeah. Chance Watch <laughs> was blast big. Blast from
4: the past. Okay. I,
2: I, I certainly remember Chance Watch because I'm currently going through some of those episodes and taking out some of the songs <laughs> that we had on there. In <laughs> right. be, in memor- Well, they can't sue if the show's been canceled, right? Yeah, that's true. Uh, all right. November 22nd, Money Heist on Netflix. If you like heist capers, you're going to love this. It's a firecracker in Spanish with English subtitles or dubbed. And then December 7th, you really went on in on it. And he was like, (laughs) La la Caisse de Papel, a.k.a. money heist. Berlin has the best lines. Nairobi has the best hair, in my honest opinion, of course. A humble opinion.
4: Humble opinion. Oh,
2: is it in my humble opinion? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was honest opinion. Hmm. Oh, I I think it could be. And it
4: can actually be either.
2: Oh. It doesn't how
3: humble you are. Yeah. And how honest you are. Um, to be fair, I just heard about the show the other day from a good friend of mine, Chris Ryan from uh-huh. The Ringer, and not a good friend of mine. The good but friend I, of mine. I, do, I, I, do, I do like a lot of <laughs> his opinions. He, he loves. Um, oh no, I'm sorry. He was told that he has got to watch this show, and he promised to do it over Christmas break. Oh, okay. so I hear good things. Hear good things. Right after everyone made their year end
2: list, that's yeah. a, that's so well, nice. That's when you put out show.
3: that Spider Man movie after everybody's got their year end lists, and yeah, now everybody's true. scampering
2: for the. The edit button. Well, hey, we got ours in there, so you can find that at consequencesound.net. Orson Welles a spot, but there you go. That's yeah. the 21st century for you. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Next, um, <laughs> who's who's doing the next one? December first, you go for it, Mac.
0: Stephen King retweeted Meg Gardner. She's right. Thomas Perry's The Bomb Maker is the bomb. Hmm. Um, not familiar with this. It's a book. I'm familiar with. Um, Are you familiar with books? With books
3: in general. As I noted, mm-hmm. my just wonderful collection on Goodreads, <laughs> and my to do my two read lists. As this, well. this
2: episode sponsored by Goodreads. Um, it should be good, Lord Jesus.
3: You are welcome. You are welcome, Goodreads. But no, no clue who this author is. I am um, familiar with some of the words used in the title, and I'm familiar with the name <laughs> Thomas of them, and Perry. I am <laughs> not familiar with
2: this th- whatever that is. Uh, all right, well, Mel, you take December first.
4: December first, dry by Neil and Jared Shusterman terrific well-written novel about california running out of water couldn't put it down
2: is this about my humor (laughs) (laughs) dry humor i love it uh i'm gonna take december 4th let me add my vote Patton oswald to host the oscars a perfect fit now this is uh obviously coming off of the controversy that happened and surrounded with kevin hart in which he uh tweeted a lot of homophobic things in the past and um and while i'm not one to get outraged about a lot of things was saying I was not too uh, I'm not a big fan of those tweets, and yeah. I'm excited to see who they're going to get the as a, as an Oscar host. I don't think Patton Oswalt would be a good fit, so I'm going to disagree with uh, Stephen King here. I uh, personally would uh, put all my money on um, on uh, Chris Rock uh, hosting next year uh, because I feel like that's an easy call for them to to make, and he's done it previously, and he's been big. Although I'm hearing intel. Uh, from Variety, that there might not be any host, and that they're actually going to do some sort of celebrity thing where they're going to roll out, you know, a, a bunch of people to come and do in their different interludes and all. But just do
3: that, okay? Yeah, who, you
2: who know?
4: that's what happens anyway. Like, yeah. just yeah. I guess
2: why, have why someone did, do, they do they the monologue. But yeah, I mean, I would love to see Conan do it. But um, I would love Conan. I somebody
3: put out their Key and peel which would be awesome. Too. I love Key. And and just and put, co- yeah. you oh, that's re- a really good idea. You get yeah. the reunion. And you get really two two really just terrific. and he's not nominated for anything I this year. I would be John Mulaney to do it.
0: John Mulaney would be good. See, I feel like the host would used to be more for the people actually attending this thing. You know what I mean? It used to be mm-hmm. a little bit more prestigious. Yeah, and you know they'd have like great comedians doing it. You know, like Billy Crystal or something. You know, mm-hmm. when was the last time <laughs> I a lady Christ hosted you laugh, by herself? But Billy Crystal, no, was I'm an saying, incredible I, Oscar no, host. I know. And so now it's just like. You know, I feel like they, they they cut this thing down. It it's it's whoever the flavor of the month is. You know, like no one no one there is really Damn. cares. So <laughs> okay. it, yeah, it is. It is though.
3: They should bring so, Sam
0: McFarlane back. <laughs>
3: wait, no, he actually, was what? not
2: bad. But to, <laughs> to answer your question, it was, I, I, I think it was Ellen DeGeneres that was a few years ago. Oh, she but, did it a while ago. Yeah, and then Anne Hathaway did it with uh, James Franco. Be yeah, franking. that's yeah. not by
4: herself though. No. Jenny Slate should do it. I like her. Ooh, I like Jenny Slate
2: a lot. Actually, yeah,
0: she's probably not problematic at all for to, to do that. Uh, oh, because she cursed on SNL? No, I'm just saying, like, find someone that doesn't have a checkered past. Yeah, she probably dropped a that bomb in 2009. Well, as I'm saying, it's like, how hard is it to check someone's tweets or whatever? You know what I mean? Like, I know. I don't know like, why like, they did Like, why do they reach out to these people when they don't vet them properly, and then they, like, it blows up? And now, if it was just to get, you know, Oscar hype, and, you know, people are talking about the Oscars again, well, they did their job uh well why don't you take Sorry. the next one mac why don't you go and <laughs> host the oscars <laughs> Dece- <laughs> mac
4: is hulking out
0: <laughs> uh december 12th november road by lou burney when people say they want to read a really good novel the kind you just can't put down this is the kind of book they mean exceptional jesus
4: how much do you think it boosts your sales if you get a king I-, I can't
3: even imagine I-, I it has to it has to bump big time you think king so bump. We're going to get into some
2: sales soon Uh, I'll tell
3: you that Well this one here says uh, Sorry let me jump in Mike December 13th The Losers Club podcast By consequence (laughs) of sound
2: Wow Real insightful
3: Some things I haven't thought of in 30 years Wish they'd shut the fuck up Wish they'd cut their episodes back
2: Yeah that'd be great (laughs) Um, Uh, Get that king bump Why don't you do December 14th Because uh, I know your brother loves this show I'll do it on
3: behalf of my brother who sits next to me December 14th The Man in the High Castle It's just wonderful some of the images, while disquieting, such as American children giving the Nazi salute, a Nazi stormtrooper replacing the Statue of Liberty, are jaw-dropping. Start from the beginning. Yeah, I've heard. I, actually, I've watched the first couple episodes. This is a pretty good show. You gotta start. So good from the advice. Beginning. Some
4: people start from the middle or the end of things, but I think King's really onto something here. That if you want to <laughs> well, start I think a new show, this new generation, I think episode one. I mean, it's radical, but like I, I'll try it. <laughs> this
3: new generation of people are just popping into, like you know, I'll just pick up the Office season five. You know, you know, start from the beginning.
0: Yeah, well, well, that's the kind of show you probably could start from season five. I would say stop before season five. It's just a hot mess. But uh, this show is actually really good. I've I've seen all three seasons. You know, I was a little concerned. I was a little concerned about the third season. Uh, I love Frank Spotnitz, and I love the first season. But um, after he left, they it still stayed very strong Mm -hmm. and in the tone in which he had set. And I felt like third season had a little bit of a sci-fi. It looked like they were doubling down on that in the in the trailer. But it's it's a little misleading. I felt it was still very grounded in that world. And there's some some great twists and turns in mm. season three. So I like I'm really looking and turns. forward to
2: season four. Love Rufus. Sewell. Well, sorry to say, but the stamp broke. And King's actually gonna give some guff. We're going in some King Guff. So December 10th, he wrote, I'm tough, but the next time I hear Holly Jolly Christmas, I may snap. It's the earworm to end all earworms. I have no problem with this particular song. It's a holly, jolly Christmas.
3: I was thinking about this here day. I have not listened to the radio in like 10 years. So I don't know when I would really ever stumble upon any Christmas music unless I was walking downtown. When you're downtown. out
4: in public doing anything?
3: Yeah, that's Yeah, but true. when I'm walking around, I usually have my headphones in.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, if you have to go like shopping or if you're in a restaurant or in any store, God, it's I, all playing right I now. I guess. It,
4: it really unsettles me because it makes me feel like I'm having deja vu all the time. Yes.
0: yeah. No, because I,
4: it's just something you hear every year until so you feel like you're back in this surreal state of my I hate it. You should
2: yeah. write that. Samantha was telling me the other day when she was working at Starbucks, um, uh, like a few years ago, that they would play um, the same holiday mixtape every day over and over again. How many hour hours for, for like eight hours straight? Like oh, no, the, what, yeah, the at the tape, animal the hospital yeah, when it was Christmas only... time,
4: it was just the radio, and there's only so many Christmas songs. Yeah. that you well, see, on.
2: I don't have to worry about that, so I'm fine. Yeah, well... Keep playing Holly Jolly Christmas. I'm all, fine. All I know is that Rand, Randall came... Last time he was in the office here working, he was just blasting Christmas music, and unironically, by the way, and just having a blast with it. So, um, And I said blast twice there. That's really good, but...
4: It, what's Caffrey like with Christmas music? He, he seems like the that. one that... Yeah. He probably
2: okay. plays like Muppet Christmas Carol. He's or such
4: a little drummer boy.
2: He is a little drummer He's more drummer of a boy. little Emmett Otter, but... He loves Emin Otter*.
0: Oh, Otter*. Love Emin Otter*.
2: Well, if you want to find more King recommendations, uh, *What'sOnNetflix.com* actually collected all his recommendations from Twitter and put it into some sort of edit- editorial, which we'll be sharing on our socials. It's pretty interesting. It's uh, it's not just interesting. It's pretty. Um, uh, I-, I don't know. It's uh, King interesting. King's interesting. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's commendable of them. <laughs> But commendable, thank you, sir. Thank, <laughs> thank you. you so much for doing this. Yes. <laughs> we got one last tweet, and uh, this is Deep Thoughts by Stephen King.
3: Here's a little tip from a guy who drives a lot you can go a long way toward protecting your credit card info if you pay cash for gas. Those damn skimmers are everywhere. Well, you heard
2: it from him bring <laughs> cash you to the can- gas station. Hey,
3: hey, elitists, hey, you liberal. You limousine liberal Maybe I don't have enough time To get cash out Well you know what guys This is also
4: like Start from the beginning Like he's like You can go a long way Toward protecting your credit card info If you don't ever show anyone Your credit card Uh, Just keep it Keep it hidden And It's like Unless um, you're
3: going to StephenKing.com To buy the best book of the year The Outsider at Elevation Well
2: we're not going To StephenKing.com But it's a good thing That we have a little tip here From Psy King Because we're hitting the road baby And we're going to Hollywood King
6: there's a town on the coast of Del Sol, always find my way there. There's a place that the calls to my soul, always find my way there. People there are forever young, forever
1: young. And they toast to each other's love each and every night.
2: All right, it's nice and sunny. I could hear the ocean in the mm, distance. You I, smell the is, fires. Smell the fires, the wildfires that are <laughs> conquering everything left and right. Aroma. I can't see anymore.
3: I, I feel like I'm going to pass out. My house is destroyed.
4: You shouldn't joke. People are really people are really suffering.
2: Yeah, but <laughs> <is, laughs> to be fair, nobody
3: scary. listening to this <laughs> was involved in any of those houses burning down.
2: It might not be, but well, we we at the Losers Club, uh, we definitely our hearts are out to anyone who is affected. Uh, by the California wildfires. Um, having wow. said that, <laughs> So having said that, <laughs> after on top of what I just, I mean, now I none
4: of us can host the Oscars. I are done. That. That. They
3: made some bits about forest fires in California.
0: No, I'll be quick. If they reach it's out said to the me, forest fire. If they reach out to me, I'll be quick to condemn y'all. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I mean, oh, yeah. I'd, I'd love to host the Oscars.
2: Well, I got another song, uh, another stain <laughs> reference, but I'm on the outside. Mm. That's our first story that we're going to be talking about. And I'm going to read it because I wrote it. So um, (laughs) this is pulled straight from Consequence of Sound. That's what I meant. Stephen King's The Outsider is getting closer to your living room. Back in June, we reported that Meteorites Capital, MRC, tapped veteran writer Richard Price of The Deuce and The Night Of to adapt the new novel for a 10-episode series with Jack Bender and Marty Bowen, who are going to serve as executive producers. According to Variety... (laughs) Uh, when this was written a few weeks ago, HBO ordered the series into production with Jason Bateman. You might know him from Arrest Development, Teen Wolf 2, to direct the first two episodes (laughs) with Ben Mendelsohn to top line the cast, which is going to be marking his return to television following Bloodline and The Great Bloodline Season 2 and the even greater Bloodline Season 3. Bateman's going to serve as executive producer through his Aggregate Films banner alongside MRC with Bender and Bowen, the latter two responsible for ushering in another King adaptation, Mr. Mercedes, over at AT AT&T's Audience Network. Now, here's where things are going to get interesting. And Mel is going to be able to talk about this because she's read the book. But The Outsider actually has ties to Mr. Mercedes. And given that Bender and Bowen have involvement in both series, not to mention AT&T and HBO are now under the same umbrella, we might actually see some crossover action here. What like, do you think? Mel, you yeah, go first. Thanks,
4: thanks Mike. Um, really, all I have to say about this is it's true. There, uh, there <laughs> are indeed connections between so, the outsider and Mr. Mercedes. I don't know if you want me to spoil it, but like... Yeah, I, mean, I
2: guess we can't really spoil I, I, it so much, but... Yeah,
3: but I'll say this. I just... I don't, I think they'll go with somebody else. Yeah? You think well, they won't
4: I, do the same casting? No,
3: nah, I don't think they'll do the same. I'm as confident as I am with the Overlook still being around all right. by the time Dr. Well, let Z Z me just say,
0: do you think that... <laughs> Do you think we'll get Mama Rayburn? I hope we get Mama Rayburn. Are you talking about Sissy Spacek? Yeah, I love Sissy Spacek, but uh, if we get some...
2: Should we get Castle some, Rock? we get a Bloodline crossover... That would be great. <laughs> makes no oh, sense. I, I want Coach Taylor to it come back as, zero as, as uh, Eric Rayburn. Um, or, <laughs> Eric or, Rayburn? A- Eric Rayburn. I'll just say, as
3: somebody who's, who's been pretty lukewarm on The Outsider, even though I haven't read it, but I just heard some lukewarm things about it, I'm excited about this just because of the people behind the scenes and, of course... Anything to get Ben middleson away from being a villain in a, like a
2: middling movie.
5: <laughs>
3: yes. It's more than fine be like like that Robin Hood movie that came out, Rogue One. Yeah. Like, get out of here, Ben. You, well, I thought he was this. pretty
2: good in ready player one. I, yeah, I enjoyed that movie. Uh, everything top about, about that movie for okay. me. Okay. Yeah, he's a middling um, villain in that too. T- top December 10 of the t- year. Top fifteen for me. Uh, December fifth, Stephen <laughs> King retweeted Simon <laughs> Schuster, uh, who wrote um who basically reported about the outsider actually being done. And he uh he he wrote the people involved in this show are A plus. Oh, and the story ain't shabby. Mel, can you confirm that?
4: Uh yeah, confirmed. Uh read the story. It's not shabby. I actually I actually think this is this could work really well as a sort of procedural television show and since the end is already there, hopefully it wouldn't f- fumble everything like Castle Rock did. Um yeah. I actually think it might be great. I mean, The Outsider was a little bit sluggish for me and and on TV, I think it could work really well.
2: Cool. Yeah. Hmm. Let's go to our next section. All right, not our next section, our next story.
4: Can I read this one?
2: Yeah, go for it.
4: Dr. Sleep checks out. On December 2nd, Mike Flanagan, looks like this was on Facebook,
2: wrote. It was on all his socials. He just it was on kinda, every social
4: yeah. platform. So that's a wrap on Dr. Sleep. It's been a long, crazy, truly unique experience. I read the novel as soon as it came out back in 2013, fascinated and moved by the epic story of Dan Torrance and Abra Stone. But I never imagined for a moment that I'd be the person to bring it, that's the novel, to the big screen. It's been an honor to spend the last five months with this fantastic cast and crew and to be trusted with Stephen King's extraordinary story, one of the highlights of my career without a doubt. Shine on, everyone. Shine on.
2: Oh, and then there's also a message that I uh, i saved on the other side that, when he writes that, um, by the way, this is uh, absolutely acknowledging Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. And <laughs> well, that's so interesting. Sure can you share that? Yeah, so um, well, can you, know, you read that one more time? <laughs> no, no. Um, you know isn't it weird that this the, the filming's wrapped and the movie's not coming out until January 2020 do you think this is going to get bumped back it has to get bumped is, back that
4: is really weird because like fuck like um
2: you mean pull i think it'll be or, pulled, or pulled pulled forward, pulled forward yeah and, yeah yeah.
3: i would say especially because of all the success of Haunting of hill house i think they you're going to want to keep that name out there in, in people's minds and by the way i am only here for mike flanagan and to see what he's going to do with this cuz I, I do not like this book as many people are they get very upset when I say this, but I do not think Dr. Sleep is a very good book. I think it's, it's some of the worst villains in this entire um, bibliography. So I'm really curious to see what uh, Flanagan could do here. I, I, have, I have more faith uh, in Flanagan here than I did with that, uh, that book continuing. I don't will say that much. I'm excited well, you because know Ewan McGregor.
2: Yeah.
4: Oh, Ewan yeah. is Dan. Yeah. Okay. I
3: saw one picture. From this movie, by the way. Oh, really? It's it's of you McGregor as Danny Torrance. Does he look what does like Danny he look Torrance? Like? He looks kind of just like you uh, McGregor. Nothing special about he him. Wearing he's, like wearing,
4: a... he's wearing that Apollo jumper. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say, does, it does, does convert long... bikes. Other than
0: that, does obviously. Does he have longer hair or is it short hair? Not short hair. Yeah, I'm not interested anymore. What are you anymore. talking about? Like, uh, I want him to have like Danny-winked what hair. Do you have a like, little kid hair <laughs> at the age of 45 or whatever. Yeah, I want him to have a little bowl cut. Uh, well, you know, guys, I shudder to King. And shudder. <laughs> has added seven King Films to their U.S. library. We've got Misery, Pet Symmetry, <laughs> Silve Bull, Silv Bull, Cujo, <laughs> Creepshow, Salem's Lot, The D-Zone. Ooh. And, D-Zone. Uh, oh, geez, and that's, the dead, zone that's for the dead zone for y'all. That's the zone, everybody. And to their Canadian library, uh, Salem's Lot, Creepshow, Misery, The Shining, It, and Cat's Eye.
2: Well, here's the thing. Wow. Uh, Salem's Lot is available. Um, on a, the U.S. Uh, yeah. streaming show, oh, I, I think it was already. So why there you drop it off? Pre- previously? <laughs> I, I just think it was it was already there, and both creep shows are there also uh, because I just recently watched those again. Uh, the funny funny story about Dead Zone is uh, I was kind of broke, and we really wanted to watch it, and I found a YouTube rip, but it was separated in different uh, chapters, so every ten minutes it would just go and then come back onto the thing, and then literally the next day like. Dead zone is like appears like on oh, Shutter. God, and I was like, yeah. God what, what a Way to it. break the tension of the dead zone I every mean, yeah, ten minutes. I know, an unprompted
3: I know. <laughs> scene cut to somebody. So annoying. I was like so angry about that too because I love that movie. But
2: hey, we got to see it on the big screen. If you, you were here at uh, Greenstone Castle Rock over this summer, our Stephen King film festival that may return in 2019. We'll see. Um, Mel, do you want to take this next story?
4: Yeah, I love money. King gets paid. Forbes listed the top 10 highest paid authors of 2018, and the top one was our boy, James Patterson, <laughs> who made $86 million. That you is know,
2: uh, a, wild people, people are flying around all the time. People are at those airports, and they always see those. Bo- Patterson's always in the front.
4: <laughs> Justin's take: people are at those airports. But he is flying
2: true, around. Patterson's you're... at these airports handing his books out. He probably too. is. He's like, here, take a copy of mine. No, I don't I'll... think he's saying anything. I was getting $86 million. Yeah, well, $86 million in one year. God damn it. Which
4: is, which is like over $30 million more than the second place contender.
2: This is why I never put credence into this when people
3: try to talk about how how great something is because it made money. Like, look at this. Uh, you kidding me? J- James Patterson? Like, t- almost... <laughs> My god, he made more than JK Rowling and Stephen King combined, all right? Yeah,
4: so JK Rowling's in second place with 54 million mm-hmm. and then finally Stephen King in third place with 27 million. So quite the gap between first, second and third.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, think about what King has has put out this year. Well, yeah. think about all the, the properties, so all like the three, all the books.
4: shows and movies too. I mean, I guess I you
0: like don't get as probably, much, but this I is probably this book is related. Because if you did box probably. office, it's a whole different story. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's probably
3: look. James Patterson else. did Along came a spider twenty yeah. years ago. Like what was is last that James really James Patterson? Patterson? I think he did kiss the girls, right? Ah, oh, Jesus. Well, keep talking. I'll be confirming myself.
2: I'm not really a big fan of uh, of the that movie. Also, I think it's an overrated '90s film. To be honest with you, I'm going to throw that out there. Um,
4: if anyone cares? We've got John Grisham in fourth, Jeff Kinney in fifth, Dan Brown in
2: fifth. Also, Dan Brown's on there. Like, what has Dan Brown done recently? But whatever, probably no. did some I'm, more Da Code things.
4: Yeah, they both made eighteen point five million. That's why they're they have the same place. Mm. Uh, then we have Michael Wolf, Danielle Steele, Nora Roberts, Rick Riordan, and El James at mm. ten point five million in tenth place. I
2: don't,
0: I don't see any uh, earnest. And Spine then at eleventh place is Mackenzie Gerber with
2: one dollar. Oh my That's God! Right. What I a was, drop!
0: I was paid one dollar to write a poem on the street yesterday.
2: And there is, and for some reason, you're at eleven. Uh, I guess no, no yeah. writer actually. Ten, no, you're Mac went from be... ten point five million dollars to a dollar. Well,
0: they were trying to they were trying to include. No, like Mac everyone. would be
3: twelfth because if you if you look at this list again, two people were tied for tenth. Oh, that is true. Sorry, Mac, you're a loser. <laughs> well, oh, two ways. people were
0: two people were also tied for eighth and fifth. Thanks, but you're still number 12. Wow, how about that?
4: Got $27 million, uh, though. Yeah, it's a lot of money. Well, yeah. I
0: didn't get paid for that, and you know what? King didn't get paid either. Stephen King never cashed his royalty check for the Shawshank Redemption. In a new profile by the Wall Street Journal chronicling Shawshank's success, King admits he never even cashed the check he received for the rights to the film. As the article reports, Mr. King never cashed the $5,000 check, director Frank Darabont, sent him for the rights to turn his story into a movie. Years after Shawshank came out, the author got the check framed, mailed it back to the director with a note inscribed, in case you ever need bail money, love, Steve. Now, if Stephen King's sending me a a, a check of $5,000 in a
2: frame... That's that's – I'm buried with that thing, right? Oh, I'm cashing it because I need money right now. But I am absolutely going to um, try to frame it. That would be nice. I would probably just return it right back to Steven and say, I love you.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> just an earnest yeah. An earnest. Gesture. Yeah, I'd be like,
3: love you, love me. Um,
4: it's crazy how little authors get for the film rights if they're not involved in the film. Especially Mr.
3: Cy King. No,
4: nothing. I mean, not that $5,000 is is – not a lot of money. It is. Well, as but... somebody who's
3: got a real job, it's jump change. I mean, what can I say? <laughs>
6: <laughs> All right. Next uh, story.
3: Okay. Next story. Mr. Mercedes revs up for season three and there's a Instagram share of Mr. Mercedes. And guess what it's a picture of. End, end of, of watch. watch. So it looks like we really are going to be doing end of watch for season 3 You've Unfortunately, read it. nobody here on this episode watched the second season. No. So they cannot say whether or not it follows finders keepers or not. Um, Randall has indeed watched the show. I told him. Well, I was going to
4: say, if no one watched it, we really dropped the ball.
3: Well, we it Somehow, I think somebody found a link for him. I'm not they kidding. Did. It's impossible
2: he, to find this network. He, he watched the first episode of season two. Allison's seen a few episodes of season two. We look. It came around the same time as Castle Rock, and we yeah. were too invested oh, in that show, yeah, and it, yeah. it just was going to be too much. And then we got into it. We were visiting Derry, Maine, and it was just not going to happen. We weren't going to go to you know Mercedes uh, Benz. Um, we work going to go to Mercedesville. <laughs> Mercedesville. Uh, speaking of uh, Derry, <laughs> it chapter two is coming. Now, if you follow Stephen King, that was what he mysteriously tweeted earlier this month, which uh, prompted this voice uh, and this writer to pre draft a trailer that still hasn't dropped. But a group of fans who are in Comic Con down in Brazil this year we uh, were able to see some new footage from the second It movie, which comes out next September. And they offered a report. And here's the report. Thankfully, they did share a behind-the-scenes sizzle reel, which looked like the type of video a studio would share with promotional partners to get them excited about the sequel. In the video, we saw director Andy Muschietti talk about what he hopes to accomplish with the anticipated sequel, saying it will be serious, more intense, and have scarier moments. The video also showed some pre-production artwork, including the different departments working on the film. Another part of the video showed new cast members Jessica Chastain, James McAvoy, Bill Hader and others talking about what the film is about. There wasn't much footage from the film, but we did see a shot of the cast together walking across a bridge. Oh my, my favorite, God. I know, right? Uh, my favorite part, however, was some video from the very first table read. While we didn't get to see the cast reading any lines, the video showed this massive table read with every cast member listed, getting ready to read the- Nothing happened so in this if, you, if you're
4: a table lover, it's really just a <laughs> yeah. wet So The table is massive.
0: Oh, my God. I'm Reminds me of some of the footage for Force Awakens when they just showed them sitting around the yeah. table getting ready to read the script.
2: That was exciting, though. That black and white photo was pretty great. Well, that like, was a different situation. But, I mean, Mac, yeah. but it's been a year and a half. <laughs> I know. <laughs>
0: Rather than, what, 30 years? Since it came out.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm glad that we haven't seen anything. I, it, there, there were some fan trailers that people were making that are awesome that were the ones that we were d- discussing of just seeing, like, the cell phone ringing. And it says, like, you know, um, from dairy or, you know, dairy Public Library, maybe, underneath. Like, that was a really cool one that someone made. Oh, that's great. Um And so I, I like I, – I would be down if they just kept keeping tra- teasers of that. Oh, just, that's not going to happen.
0: I know it's not. But We're going to get a full-length trailer right out the gate. We might get and and then gonna, I would think we're going to see that. Justin will not watch it until this movie comes out.
2: Yeah, you know what?
3: I made a huge mistake last time. I really do think it it diminished my opinion of the movie because I feel like
6: not, you read not the just script. the trailers, but then they
3: also showed all the all those scenes were out there that we had to cover. And in mm-hmm. addition to just the trailer, I had a copy of a script that was pretty much intact when I saw the movie. Except, of course, some of the parts they removed, I liked a lot. So that also hurt it, you know what I mean? So yeah. I'm really gonna try I'm, I'm, I'm making this announcement on the on the podcast because I don't care. I'm not gonna watch any trailers or commercials for this movie. I really do I'm want sorry to sorry tra- that I, you other spoiled. people can do it, but I feel like I, I can't do it anymore. Like I, I just it just really ruins the experience for me. If it's a movie I really wanna see, I do not watch the trailers and I'm gonna do it for this one. All
4: right. I, no, I admire your commitment to that. Yeah. Um I'm sorry that you know that they read at a massive table. I know that that's
3: well. That Mel, stop! I I, I didn't hear that part.
4: <laughs> it was really big. Mel, it was a big table, Justin. Mel,
3: don't talk about the bridge again because I feel like that's
0: going to really take me out of this whole oh, discussion.
2: Oh
3: yeah,
4: they're on that bridge. Oh,
0: that's God. Pivotal. Are they All together? I remember, I remember that oh. scene in the book too. Not really. Okay, well not everything. Well, oh, come <laughs> on, come on. Let's but but, but you're going to show one clip at a at a, at a movie. You're going to show something that didn't happen. I I think Thank
2: it's weird you. because this wrapped not too long ago and. You know, they have footage. You know, why don't you show something? Like, I, I, they, they, and I know that in, like, a well, previous when comic coming they It comes out next September.
0: It's Paramount, that right? That is so far away. New line. They better not show anything for this until June. I'm going oh, to bet.
3: I, I wonder if they are if they are really going to be pushing Pet Cemetery now. They don't want to jump the gun on they that. They could, on the advertising. Well, I hope, I did hope you see that, that trailer, occurs. Justin? I did see that trailer. I'm <laughs> not going to watch anything
0: else again. I'm done. Hey, doesn't it look like the book Pet Cemetery? <laughs> Do you think it does? Magazine read the book. Think... <laughs> <laughs> you didn't read it yet, so you don't know. Yeah, hey, I read uh, about a quarter of it. I think it looks a lot like the movie, the original the first movie, so I don't know what they're doing. I don't know if it looks that
3: much like the original. I think it looks pretty different.
2: Can't I like it, Jason looks, Clark, it, it, it does look darker, I will say. I do love Jason Clark. Jason Clark, first man actor. Jason Clark, he's great in it. Um, <laughs> he is good in that. Let's, uh, let's, let's leave the, the Hollywood confines. It's getting a little hot. I wonder if that's because of all those oh. fires. Oh, it could be because of all those fires. No, no! Christ. Come, Christ. come on. Oh, my God, my my lungs. Um, it's snowing here in Chicago. It is snowing here in Chicago, and that's where we're going to go back. And it's also my favorite holiday. Halloween? No, Kingmas! <laughs> and for Kingmas, we're opening up old Kingy Claus's bag of bones.
4: Santa's sack of bones.
2: See. <laughs> yeah. Lay it on me.
6: Lay it on me. Yeah. I can take it, girl. Yes, I can. Send it free. Lay it on me.
0: All right. Where does he begin to go? Kingy Claus. Yeah, King Claus. God. That's
3: that's my Who way of Santa calling Santa King him? or something. Santa like King. Stephen Claus. Stephen Claus. Oh,
4: he's, he's old King Wenceslaus.
2: <laughs> oh my god well either way you know bag of bones is our old mailbag it's basically where we're going to answer your questions that you gave us on social media you know social media facebook twitter instagram heard of those goodreads good facebook reads? by the way having a good month
4: have you heard of goodreads
2: have you heard of goodreads <laughs> i should have just have the questions on goodreads from now on what's your favorite part about goodreads
3: um, like I said, seeing what everybody's reading and getting some good ideas.
4: Who were you first introduced yeah. to
2: Goodreads? Where were you? Hi, I'm Justin Gerber. Goodreads has been a part of my life for three years now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to go through these questions and, uh, we're going to, we're going to have some, um, peppermint candy canes. And we're gonna have some uh, some nice uh, s'mores. That's not really uh, I I don't have shit. You don't have any. You don't have any Christmas <laughs> treats. Oh my god. Mel, no, we're doing great. Um, foley work over here. I have
4: yeah. the great joy of <laughs> friendship, but you guys have like actual food. Oh, Jesus. you get okay. we get
3: friendship the other 364 days of the year. We're talking about kingmas, where there's no friends allowed and only peppermint and
2: s'mores. Peppermint and s'mores.
4: <laughs> for all some reason these are
3: great questions These are. Yes. i'm excited for these, yeah, these I like this.
4: 100th anniversary I, I, episode questions they're good i the
3: 100th anniversary of the first episode <laughs> it, it right.
4: is that's technically correct you're right, you're right. I, no i was saying you're right i'm gonna so, send you the actual dimensions of that table i think you're
3: mel you're gonna start sending me <laughs> clips of the of the losers on the bridge for <laughs> chapter two
4: <laughs>
2: harassment all right mel kick this off
4: all right Um, constant listener Tim Bargalish asked if you got the call and had to remodel Mount Rushmore and replace all the presidents' heads with Stephen King characters, who would you choose? Great question, Tim. Great question. Um, I'm gonna go with Carrie, Jack Torrance, Church Creed, and Pennywise.
3: Ooh, Church Creed and Pennywise. That's that's good. That's um, I think that you you named three of or two of mine. Who I've got two. So uh, okay, this is very hard. I love you. I'm church. thinking about, like, in terms of pop culture and visuals. You know, I really thought about this, by uh, I, I, I really struggled with this, by the way. <laughs> so I've got, yeah, a Jack Torrance, Jack Nicholson's Jack Torrance. Yeah. Sorry, Stephen Weber. Mm-hmm. Pennywise, Tim Curry. Sorry, Scar, Scar. Star Scar. Cooge. I got Cooge ah. on there. The bloody, the bloody go. And I've got um, Kurt Barlow from the Salem's Lut miniseries mm. on there yeah. as well.
4: Mm hmm. I had Carrie because she's like George Washington. You know, she's the first.
3: Well, I know. but That's what I'm saying. It was very hard for me. I'm saying in terms of like the visual, like you you, you know that that's the guy yeah. from Salem's a lot. You know that's Cooge. You know yeah. that's Jack Nicholson. You know that's Tim Curry. Like that's just like the I, iconic You don't think ones.
4: Sissy Spacex carries? Well, that's what I
3: said. That was very tough. It was, oh, there, there was so a lot. hard. Poor Justin. It, but Cujo and oh, church? You
0: put, a, put a peppermint in your mouth.
3: Cat versus dogs. No friends allowed on this oh, episode. I told ben you, Mel.
0: Mel's going for the throat. I,
2: I, why don't you go next?
0: Uh well mine would ha- be the uh, various Martians from Mars Attacks because the, the Tommyknocks would take over. What?
3: <laughs> oh God! First of all, that's an incredible twenty-one-year-old joke, <laughs> right? Mars Attacks is ninety-seven. It's ninety-six or oh, ninety-six. I uh, love those. God, books. I, I wonder how many listeners were alive you know, when that movie came out.
0: Uh no, I would for me it would be Cooge, the Kuja General, uh, a, a Tommyknocker uh a cell phone and <laughs> <laughs> it's a giant cell phone it's a giant cell phone uh and then um and uh let's let's throw a, a little um uh, uh, <laughs> the title card to dead zone <laughs> So it's just like a see through card. <laughs> you see Mac,
3: through. It. How
4: long did you take? How would you say your efforts answering this questions? I'll, I'll go as far as to
0: say,
2: Mel, I'll go as far as to say what you just our, heard. This is our 100th episode, y'all. It's time to have some fun <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, I got, I got some fun. My four are going to be Big Jim Rennie, Greg Stilson, Randall Flagg, and John F. Kennedy to show the the sins of That's this country. That's actually great
4: because they're all, they're all political Jeez. figures and they are, like, you know, world leaders. So it all, fits the all, theme of Mount Rushmore. Randall
2: Flag. They're all monsters in various
0: forms, too. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I guess JFK. Randall Flagg does become kind of a world leader at one point. He does,
3: yeah. JFK did do a lot for the civil rights movement, but he was an awful husband. Well, and also, JFK okay. is and from
0: 11
2: so it works. Oh, okay.
4: JFK is, like, pulling his collar and looking at the other three like, oh, these oh.
2: guys. What did I do to get, what did I do to get here? Uh, hey, where's Marilyn? You got any um, gum? Drop the pills, Marilyn. Uh. Oh boy! Very, very we, good. Very is it, good. Is it too late? To, is it too early or late <laughs> okay. to make Marilyn Monroe jokes? <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you t- <laughs> Oh
0: God! Got a lot of questions to get
6: through.
3: All right. You All go right. We'll go. I'll, oh, okay. I'll, I'll go second. All right. This is from Randy B. Beeler Jr. Hi, guys. First of all, I love the podcast. I have a quick observation and a question. We know King is a big fan of Tolkien. Do you think the similar names in The Stand, Drogon, Dorgan, Horgan, might be a deliberate nod to the dwarf names in The Hobbit? I think he does it again in another book, maybe Firestarter. Second, I'm sure some of you have listened to some of King's books in audiobook form. Do you have a favorite reader? For me, it's Frank Muller. In particular, his readings of the first four Dark Tower books and The Talisman. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, as much as I would love to believe (laughs) that that it was a nod to, you know, Lori, Dory, and whatever the hell their names are from oh,
0: Lori, Dory, and Nori. <laughs> uh, Wait, no, I thought it you know? was Keely, Feely, and Bombard. There's a, there's a
3: couple of them. Yeah, yeah there's- but, as, but as much as I would love to believe that I really just think that The Stand was a very long book. <laughs> <laughs> and that this was not deliberate i i i i love this i love this theory but I, I have to i don't think it's true
2: i love hobbit but i think that it would probably i agree with you i think he was just like I coming think he up with random was shit. like a Bo- brogan i mean Morgan. that's why that's why he literally in the dark tower he has like susan and susanna like, oh yeah, um, why? Uh, that's confusing. No, I, to that, I, I think there's a point to that, though. I think. Whereas yeah. this, Dado,
0: this, I think Dorgan was a typo. It was supposed to be Drogan, and then they just said, "Okay, we're going to go with Dorgan for a little while," and we're then we threw Horgan in there. The Bajoran.
3: <laughs> well, I believe Sharon Horgan is the co-creator of the show Catastrophe. Oh, really? Which is very good. Huh. On Amazon.
2: Well, I do have a favorite reader, and yeah. that would be uh, Stephen Weber because that's the only one I've listened to. So, but you really like that, right? Did you, I did. I, don't yeah, know if I you thought it was really it, good, but yeah, it, right? It was really good, and he's going to be on uh, our buddy Eris' uh, podcast soon. So,
3: yeah, postmortem podcast. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to that. Actually, yeah. I think it's it's it arrived today.
2: Oh, did it really?
0: Yeah. So, oh, wow. as you
2: hear this, it's definitely out there.
0: You know, um, I haven't listened to enough audiobooks to to say whether or not you know who my favorite is. But something I just thought of right now why why don't we get Kiefer Sutherland to do one of these? I think he's I'm got sure such a great it.
2: voice. Well, you tell me something, you know? kid. Yeah,
3: I wish he would do. Um, that's my queso. That's my I that. wish he would do what Goodreads said was the best <laughs> really, mystery I you of were the a year. Was The <laughs> Outsider. Um, the only um, one I've heard is uh, Christine, that the kid from Maximum Overdrive did, all grown up, and he was okay. It's every time he did uh, like Lee or whatever. He was always just, uh, uh, well, I, I just don't know what to do either. Oh, It was always like this very weird yeah. affectation of just like the, the panicked woman. We talk about we that talk-
2: on the, the podcast, Yeah, too. I would,
4: I'm would. i not an audiobook person, but I would definitely want to listen to Michael C. Hall do Pet Cemetery. Me,
2: too. Me, too. Um, sounds cool. There's some controversy
3: around Frank Mueller and oh, – I feel really bad because the other person that does the Dark Tower books besides Mueller. Something tragic happened to one of the two people. If anybody wants to look that up. But – there was a, My friend was listening to all the Dark Tower books in audiobook form, never read them, just listened to them audiobook. One of the people pronounced it as Cuthbert. The other person said Cuthbert. Oh, no. And so it would kind of be this back and forth, oh, is it Cuthbert, Cuthbert or Cuthbert? And this person seemed pretty adamant that it was
2: Cuthbert, but oh. I've always said Cuthbert. I'm pretty adamant yeah, he's a I... moron um, <laughs> because like it's Cuthbert. It's got to be Cuthbert. Yeah, it's got to be Cuthbert. What is Alicia Cuthbert's name? Yeah, Alicia Cuthbert. Alicia I always call her he Alicia Cuthbert. Cuthbert. Well, one of my favorite commenters on our social networks, John Paul Rivera. Ooh,
4: don't play favorites.
2: <laughs> I'm going to play a little favorites at the it's end so of the like, year. You baby. Say one. <laughs> one. One of, of my favorites. one of my favorites. <laughs>
4: Did you this, say he's the man of the year? He won man, our contest that we just invented. Yeah. 100th, 100th episode, you know John Paul Rivera, congratulations. We're not, not going to
2: answer any more questions after this. <laughs> it's You're over. the best, John. John Nobody's going to be better than you. We love you.
4: This is a great question.
2: This King Renaissance is in full swing with adaptations of King Works and film and television. But what about the sticks? What King property would you like to see adapted into a video game? And what kind of game would it be? A team shooter based on Cell? Or maybe a post-apocalyptic survival MMO based on The Stand? Well, you answered my question. So there it is. The Stand. That's mine. <laughs> Bye.
4: I have I have four answers, but I'll list them so quickly. Okay. okay. Gerald's Game Point-and-Click Mystery Game. You're Ooh. in the room. You got to get out. You got to point and click on stuff to figure your way out of the handcuffs.
2: I like be it. Great. Especially if LucasArts does it.
4: Yeah. Um, it it team true. RPG with a party like Final Fantasy. You know, Ooh, everyone's got yeah. their different weapons and their abilities. Dreamcatcher first person shooter. Shitweasels trying to jump at your face and your butt. Yep. And then N, the novella as a Mist style mystery horror game, I think would Ooh.
2: be great. Yeah, I know. The the, the, the Mist would be awesome. Like, I love.
4: No, no, no. I'm saying as a Mist style, like oh. M Y S T. Okay, okay.
2: okay. With that too. But okay, that, well, then that was your mind. Yeah. Um, I want to, I'd say – Um, I would say, you know, John, I'd say maybe a post-apocalyptic survival MMO based on the stand. <laughs> I think that would be a good one. Um, and then also a post-apocalyptic survival MMO based on The Mist. So those are going to be my two. But Justin, who really loves video games, probably has a really good answer for this. We'll let Mac answer first, and I'll give you a good answer. Now,
0: wh- <laughs> one of those video games, the old computer games where you had to answer a question to get through things. Like, you know, yeah, I remember
4: for, it actually made one of those for The Mist.
0: Yeah, what it oh, is called? yeah. Do you know? Um, it's like text based. Regardless, it's, it's you know, I used to play I used to play an old I think it was on our like Tandy computer. Yeah, Spider-Man. We used to play Spider-Man yeah. and it would be like, you know, what do you like Sandman would show up and you would you'd be like throw water on Sandman and then it would be like I don't understand what you mean to do. <laughs> um, and that would go on for about 10 hours and then the computer would what shut is down. water? I think that that would, it would be great if we it was a based one not on King not, not on a King novel but on our creation King Street Oh, where God. you were stuck on That's King right. Street, and you'd go into the different houses, <laughs> and a bit. you'd step into the door, Love and it. there'd be cell phones all over the house, and it would be like you'd have to like you know Point. throw EMP at cell phone and stuff like that you know
4: max some of us take the bag of bones question section very (laughs) seriously i will
0: say well here's 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 an an idea if you go through the cooch door and he's there in the the mcgruff (laughs) costume mcgruff you have to you have you have to answer questions about (laughs) you have to answer questions about drugs and stranger danger you no, know,
4: John Paul Rivera is our winner
2: of the 100th I, okay, episode. Okay, no, I am a I, big I video got game. Good, I no, got I am game. a good. You got one? I got one. Okay. All right, go ahead. I got. Right. I got, if, I do have one. If you recall, Penn and Teller have uh, had an old video game. Of course, <laughs> a long, a long time ago. That's, that's it's like one of the worst games. But one of the things that they they infamously did was literally just have a, a part where you just are in a car driving to Las Vegas, and it's literally the length of the road to Las Vegas. So then once you get there you just go, All right, time to go back and then you go back to LA. So the game is, is hilarious. And people have had contests to see how long people can go back and forth on you know, here and there. I would love it is if you took that car, same game, and just swapped the car out with Christine, and it's just that's <laughs> Christine it's just Christine driving and and the music is just bad to the bone, like a, a, like an oh. like, and you got you got, got
4: corpse, uh, what's his face next to you, oh. Oh. George <laughs> LeBay.
2: <laughs> LeBay, LeBay, is next to him. Yeah. you, know, and that's that's the whole game is you just driving back and forth between Las Vegas and in uh, Los Angeles. You know it has nothing to do with the book. You just have Los to Angeles, that. like yeah. oh she's going to the Hollywood Heights. Yeah, exactly. Well I think it'd
0: be really cool if you took Excite Bike and replaced the biker with um, Johnny just, from the Dead Zone. <laughs>
4: <laughs> All right, I wanna hear Justin's answer. <laughs> All right. Um,
3: you know, I have like a really smarmy answer, but oh, God. um because you know, I don't. I, I think back I to the days of
0: Mario, Justin.
3: Okay, let's say we were playing. Um, let me go back in time. Contra, for example. Okay, okay we'll do Contra, but you replace um, those characters with one of the bullies who get, who grows up in Hearts of Atlantis, <laughs> <laughs> the Vietnam story. That's all I've got to say about that. That's oh like, my! God. my God. Wait, I have another one. Another I one. promise I'll see. be talking more about that later on. A
4: dating sim, but it's Carrie. It's the plot of Carrie. And so you have to like get your date for the prom, and based on your decisions and who Ooh. you're wooing,
0: Ooh, I like the that. plot of Carrie unfolds. You know what? You just gave me actually a really good idea. It would be a sim-based game under the dome. Where you have to oh, create yeah. your own world under the Ooh, dome. I, like I would that. probably just
2: live my like regular yeah. life. you probably <laughs> just do meth. Just sit there and <laughs> do meth, like some characters in the, under the dome do. Yeah, they're really cool characters, too. Uh, I think they're connected to Breaking Bad. <laughs> Uh, let's uh, let's read the anyway, next. Anyway, congrats, John. Paul. Yeah, good job, John. John I hope that's you enjoyed this. John. Who's taking Jeff's? Jeff Sid-
0: Sidak? I'm killing that name. long time listener. Yeah, long time listener. Jeff Sidak. Uh, Stephen King is notoriously bad at ending his novels. Which bad ending most diminished your overall impression of the story, and how would you edit the ending to improve it? I, it's, oh. it's this is books,
3: is Mike, tough. not movies. Yeah, this yeah. is tough. I think. Even though we could theoretically talk about books that we've already read and, and covered on this podcast, I, I think that there are still quite a few about people out there who have not, believe it or not, listened to every episode. Yeah, and they're still going back. So I, I'm going to remain spoiler free, but I'm also going to say a book that we have not covered yet. and That's Needful Things, mm-hmm. and uh, well, when we get there, I'll be happy to talk all about it. But yeah, I, I wish for remaining
4: spoiler free. I haven't read it. Yeah, yeah,
3: I. I uh God, that's such a good book, but the
2: climax for me doesn't um, work. Leaves me wanting. Is it very similar to the climax in the movie? No. Oh, okay. Not at all. Okay. I would say, for me, um, I have not read the book, but I've seen the movie, and I know that the movie is uh, pretty oh, much a direct Mike. adaptation of it. And Mel was referencing this oh, earlier yeah, for yeah, me. Yeah. It's Gerald's game. Okay. Because the I, book is so yes.
4: different. It's. <laughs>
2: But if if it if it is the fa- if it is in fact what they do at the end with everything, I just I don't remember. you know
4: that reading a book is very different from the experience of watching a movie. It is.
2: It's true. That is true. That is true. Um, I true. guess if it's one that I have read, then it would be um, the ending to. Uh, oh, it has to be a book, or it can't be like a short story.
4: It has to be a, no. It could be a short story.
2: Okay, like short story for like sometimes they come back. I would have. Well, liked, no, it's a novel. It is oh, a, novel. So a novel. Okay. Well, I'm just gonna leave it at Gerald's game then. Because I'm okay. pretty happy with most of the uh, the endings that we've read so far.
3: Mac, anything for you that we've read that in your life? Dark Tower two?
0: Well
6: uh,
3: I said I mean Dark Tower as well, not Dark Tower two.
0: Oh, like drawing the three.
3: I really hate that book.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. I'm
0: I'm like racking my brain right now. I can't think of mm. I can't think of a book that I loved and then the ending s- just sucked. I mean, the only one that I feel like we've we really mentioned in terms of part of the ending would be the stand. Yeah, would be the Las too, Vegas yeah. sequence yeah. at the end with the hand of God. Um, but that's more of a book three problem
2: than like an ending because like, it rushes everything. Right. Really. So yeah.
0: if I if – that's very true. I mean I, – and, and I love that book, so I can't really say it, I would change that. There isn't anything that stands out to me um, except for – uh, there were two books I was just disappointed in, period, but it had nothing to do with the ending. Yeah, that doesn't, and, count. It doesn't count. And that would be Roadwork and uh, Song of Susanna. No, <laughs> no, hold on. no
4: one has mentioned my answer, which is Firestarter, which was kind of not great to begin yeah. with, but the ending is so
3: bad. Yeah, I was I – was, especially this I, – I read it for the first time a few years ago before this very podcast well before it actually, and I was never very hot on Firestarter to begin with, so, you know, oh. it just was what it was. Well,
4: I do feel like they ha- they has such great potential if you go back and listen to our episode on Firestarter. The first episode I was actually on Oh, the this podcast. Is yeah. This is true. Yeah. Oh, there's there's a portion of the ending that that see, it sounds like it's going to have such great potential. She kind of comes into her own and is like almost godlike, and then the actual epilogue is like ridiculous it's very weird take me to jan
2: winter and rolling stone <laughs> <laughs> that, that is, is really, really dumb it's
0: like almost famous yeah it really is uh, <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's bad um okay michael feeney asks if you're a band from discussing king which author is next in line whom the entire group would choose to discuss in podcast form you know i can answer this the real quick <laughs> the I inevitable can? you can answer this yes i can answer this i know that I know at least two to three members that would absolutely hop on this one if we did. Brett East and Ellis. You see, that's the thing. I, I think that's
3: yeah. what's unique about. That's the thing. I think what's unique about this podcast is this is the true thing that that binds all of us together is King. Yeah. Because I couldn't think of because I've got something in common when it comes to certain authors with you, Mike, mm-hmm. with Mac, with Mel, Dan, and Randall and H. I mean. That I don't have in common with maybe three or four other people in, in the group. Yeah. So I think that's just this question actually answers uh, how close we are just because of the topic of King. I, I don't know what yeah. else we would all agree to do. Well, no, that's it's because
4: true. he's so prolific. Like we had the shared experience of reading him at a certain time of our lives because those books are everywhere, because he's this big. And so it would have to be someone like J.K. Rowling or james
6: patterson or someone i, was with you say if we,
3: I will say so if, if you got paid i would absolutely do james patterson like if we got paid like thousands of dollars an episode yeah i would spend the rest well, of my life reading james patterson i was
4: books. saying it'd be hard to get us to agree but you guys have literally already done an offshoot podcast called halloweenies so we'd probably do something movie based like on spielberg or carpenter
2: yeah
3: which we did oh yeah if carpenter. we want to open it up that's a whole different story yeah i mean if we talk about tv shows or or movies, I didn't think about. I was just thinking about books, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, you. Know,
4: I know we're, we're going to start our Animorphs podcast soon. I mean,
6: <laughs> yes, there's over fifty Animorphs. of those
4: books. That's going to be as long running as this one for sure. Or
3: well, I think yeah, we could
0: have done R.L. Stein,
3: or anything where cars fuck for Mel. Who's I mean, fu- for example, Mel. <laughs> I don't know if you heard, but Bumblebee apparently does make love to somebody in this film. I'm not sure what's off it's off Halley's time or what. Oh
4: my, oh my god. god. Do we get full <laughs> frontal Bumblebee?
3: We
0: get I'm full the, frontal bumblebee, but Haley Stenfeld is not well, naked. Full frontal movie bumblebee at all.
4: confirmed. Who, right is
3: it, who is it that pisses on Taturo in the first Transformers movie? Which, which robot is that again? I don't,
0: uh, know. I don't know. Starscream or some shit. It's probably like Optimus Prime. <laughs> probably um. is. <laughs> anyway, that's our
3: Transformers
2: tangent for the episode. Yep. I'd love to do
4: a podcast on the Thomas Harris Hannibal novels. Actually,
2: that would work for me because I've read other There's only like four
3: books.
4: But they're loaded. They're loaded up.
3: They're great books. Well, I never read the last one, but. I know. It
0: hurts garbage. No, ta- it's bad. It's ta- very bad. Taylor Jean, <laughs> what is your favorite non-King, non-horror film? I've heard you guys drop references to flicks like Heat. Yes, you have. And I'd be interested to see where you all stand on other genres. So Ooh, this questions. is oh. this is so funny because it's just like, okay, why don't you guys talk for a second about nothing But this podcast has anything <laughs> to do with that. No, because
3: I always say on in, in Facebook, I say ask us anything Stephen King or non-king
0: pop yeah. culture oh i know i'm just i'm just this was a really teasing. hard question oh.
4: for me because most of my favorite films are horror films
0: yeah yeah mm. oh what a burden
2: I, got- <laughs> I
4: opened up i opened up my old ok cupid profile to see what i had listed <laughs> as my top five movies
2: <laughs> oh god i remember back Ooh, what, in like 09, when i had an ok cupid profile like like my lists of favorites were like three paragraphs long <laughs> Like, I would just put everything in there. As just, if they wouldn't be today, like, Michael Ruffin. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> Getting is wider down to, like, a paragraph, thank God. Now,
0: hold on know. a second. Mel, what were the five? What were the top five? Well,
4: there, a lot of them are horror movies. Um, the top five, I saved this, by the way. I just have the text because I saved the first interactions between me and my longtime partner, which is kind of cute. Aww. But I saved Aww. my profile, too. Um, it, they were The Shining, Rear Window, Great movie. Cronenberg's The Fly, Very good. Reservoir Dogs, Great and movie. Jaws.
2: So, there's Jaws, boom. Well, is L- 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 Jaws, Jaws a movie that could be considered? Reservoir a horror Dogs film. is in the horror movie. No. So
4: yeah, it would be Reservoir Dogs or West Side Story. Great movie. Um, that that would probably be, probably be with those like any cerebral quote, air quotes action film and procedurals. Like I love those things. If you're going non horror.
3: Hey, look, good movies. If not, if you, I'll even I'll say, great movies. Those yeah, wouldn't, awesome wouldn't you
4: videos. be like, oh, this chick has some taste? Yeah, <laughs> like, I'd be like, let's, <laughs> let's
3: hang out. It
2: would definitely catch my eye. Um, who wants to go next? I'll go. Okay. Mine, I want to... I'll name Mike's. And I and I could actually do... I, I could see myself doing an actual pod. You're going to name it? Do you want me to do the music? <laughs> yeah, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, really? Yes, indeed. Back to the Future, my favorite film of all time. Um oh. So Still haven't seen it. I'm I so know, sorry. and it's gonna be that mm. yeah, we're gonna remedy that when you, you know, come when in. You're, to, here, yeah, when to, you're in town. Yeah, now. we're watching. We're watching uh, Back One, but <laughs> back um, on one. <laughs> as opposed to Back Two and Three. But uh, I, I love Back to the Future, and Baby I would Got abso- Back. You know? Baby Got Back. Um, and I would absolutely just go all in on a, on a Back to the Future podcast. Although there's not much to, to really draw on other than the three movies and I guess the comics. Well, you could and do stuff.
3: You could launch it with the Zemeckis podcast about Welcome to Marwin. And then start. You could do a
4: time travel, a time travel media podcast.
2: That would actually
3: be fun. You could do a lot with that. Actually, that would be different
2: horror comedy. Actually, that's not a bad idea at all. Clockstop, Mm -hmm. uh, um, would be the podcast name. No, (laughs) Clockstop. My
0: (laughs) my number one movie, favorite movie of all time for a long time was, funny enough, Heat. And (laughs) I mean, I would love to do a, a Heat episode you know for april Can we watch or that too can we do but, heat and back
4: to the future oh, when i'm there oh also yes,
0: seen oh, yes. well oh, no we absolutely do heat. we could
2: watch heat and then lighten things up with back to the future samantha hasn't uh seen heat either and like honestly oh, man i was just on a podcast for heat um yesterday. well
0: if i didn't do heat two of my favorite film franchises that i would love to do um which we already have a podcast dedicated to is yeah. star wars and uh and, Indiana Jones yeah. uh Mike and I have, and Justin of course love Indiana Jones. Yeah. I mean period. I grew it's something I grew up with. I've loved Harrison Ford forever. I I've seen most of his films, even the bad ones. It's just been like a, he's just a an icon for me, someone I always, always followed. Mac always goes
3: back between Empire uh, uh Raiders uh, and Mosquito and Random Coast Hearts.
0: and Rand, yeah, Mosquito Coast, Random Hearts and um and, and and Force Ten from Navarone, which is actually really good, which uh, uh, you guys should check out. If you haven't seen Force Ten from Navarone? It's a good war flick uh, with uh, our our other boy from uh, Jaws, Robert Shaw. Robert, Shaw. Robert yes. Shaw, love Robert Shaw. He's great in it, and Ford's great. Um, you should check it out. I believe it's a director from of Goldfinger, by the way. If you want to look that up, while I tell you my answer, it's very possible.
3: Hmm. Uh, my answer: This is a movie that came out when I was really, really, really starting to get into. Um, Prestige film. We're talking about the movies that come out in the I fall every year, and this the, one of the actors in this movie ha- had been had really emerged in the mid nineties. He had just won an uh, Academy Award. He was another pretty iconic uh, film with a pretty famous twist ending. And uh, all, my friends and I were just all about this guy's work for years and years and years, and the years to follow. As a matter of fact, this guy I'm about to talk about, <laughs> you can't, is has been revealed to be quite a jerk. <laughs> the movie, exactly. but the movie, I, you know, I still... I, look, I understand if you can't separate the art from the artist, that's fine, but I, I'm still able to enjoy this movie quite a lot. This movie actually launched quite a few careers. And um, it's American Beauty. No, I'm It's American Beauty, yeah. No, it's, um, <laughs> it's a movie based on... The, it, it also was an incredible example of a book...
4: Justin. ...that
3: adapted... That, I'm sorry, of a movie that adapted a book that's it seemed impossible the the movie is nothing is nothing like the book but everything like the book it, it it stays true to the spirit in my opinion and that book and movie is la confidential from 1997 Love great. it. great great movie, movie. Seen it. Wow. triple feature oh, oh. Great, triple great movie. yeah russell crowe's um, great i, I still that. think it's and for that you know and all of these all of these things tie into where we were when we saw it and, and who we were with and at the time and you know, I used to just bond with all my friends
0: and family about this movie. Uh, little side note: So when we first saw LA Confidential, mm-hmm. or at least it was my first viewing. It might have been your second viewing. I went. I was in middle school at the time. Oh, I appreciate And I went. I went. We. I snuck. They snuck me in. I went with Justin and his friend Lenny, and I was standing around outside the theater. And Lenny came up <laughs> to me and and he pulled me aside and gave me a lot of shit because I had my middle school band jacket on <laughs> <laughs> clearly dating me, clearly saying I'm not supposed to be an L.A. Confidential. <laughs> and so I had to take this jacket off. And uh, I remember we sat like pretty much in the close to the front row for that. And I remember being really nervous until about 10 minutes in uh, when some things happened. And uh, I was really gripped by the film. Love that movie. Good movie.
2: And I would be down for an LA uh, confidential podcast, but um, if only if we could get the co host with the comeback kid himself, Kevin. Spacey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you know anything about film? Uh, that was actually more of a um, uh, yeah, Jeff was Nicholson. No, that wasn't <laughs> Jeff <John> Kennedy. <laughs> no, it's uh John Fitzgerald Kevin, James Kennedy? Bader. All right. All right. Who wants to read Sam Powers?
4: Me, Sam Powers. Do you guys have New Year's resolutions? Great question. Huh. My New Year's resolutions are all writing oriented. Mm-hmm. They might be kind of boring no, to you ahead. folks, no. but start and make significant progress on my first novel. I finally had a bit of an idea for the magic system that I want to be in it. I'm very excited about it. Mm. So most likely during the summer, I want to, I want to actually try and plug away with at that, um, submit widely and hopefully get an acceptance from a prestigious literary magazine. Ooh. Something that would take um, in
3: like a James Elroy Ellie LA confidential. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I'm trying to. I'm trying to bridge the gap. Trying to make the move from genre to literary mags. So,
0: Ooh. well, um, I know some teachers that Mike dealt with in college that uh, would frown upon genre. True, it
3: sucked. But, but to be fair, they're all dead now. They
2: are right because they were living in California um, with the fires. No, God. Anyway, um, Ugh. we're gonna burn that one to the ground. No pun intended. Um. So, whatever other- I'm
4: taking, I'm taking intro to weightlifting next semester. Holy shit. Yes. I'm going to get really strong.
2: That's awesome.
3: Mel, you were always strong to me.
2: Yeah.
4: Justin, <laughs> I haven't seen LA Confidential.
2: I will say, I have to, I, I have a similar New Year's resolution in the sense of, um, I need to go work out again. Uh, I, I didn't. I didn't do one exercise uh, session the entire time this year. Really, uh, you didn't go at all? No, wow. not, not once.
4: Not okay. a single exercise. Probably me neither. Yeah.
2: No. I, well, I mean, I, I, I was skateboarding and I was running occasionally, Ugh. and oh, that counts. But, that's, but like, like running from like, oh, I need to get to the train. Um,
4: Justin, was that an exasperated sigh at the word skateboarding?
2: Of course. I mean, yeah. Mike. To be
3: fair to Mike, every time you would get on the skateboard, I would immediately push him off. Yeah. <laughs> I have or, or or hit him in the or hit him in the spine with a lead pipe. <laughs> Get off this
2: fucking skateboard. Yeah, these such are, a, cool, these are the a cool sidewalks
4: you guys did the lead pipe oh, bit. Boy.
2: Oh, that's <laughs> a good bet. Never forget the lead bit. pipe bit. What about you, Mac?
5: Um,
2: I you know I haven't
0: really thought about it too much. I know I definitely want to do another hundred mile no. bike ride. Uh, I'm not sure where. Last year, I toyed around with doing a main lighthouse tour, and then also extending that and visiting um, a little town where Stephen King uh, <laughs> resides, Castle, Castle Rock. Rock. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> Castle Rock, yeah, no, but uh, honestly, I would like to do that, if not that, something uh, something to that effect. Um, would love to raise a little bit of money. Uh, so I'm going to reach out to you fans right now. Uh, if you want, I <laughs> will make a page, and if you want to donate, um, uh, I'll get some money. Uh, some, money. Get some money. I'll get some money. I'll take it. And I'll I'll put it towards a a Losers Club jersey, and I'll ride in in the name of Stephen King. We actually, this
2: is is something that we had been discussing um, earlier this year. Um, Doing a
0: Stephen King. uh, No, doing like hundred mile
2: marathon. (laughs) Well, we wanted to go to Maine and do the bike ride, and that's that's something I definitely would do and want to do for sure. So. I And you know what? We should all uh, try to make this happen. I think that would be okay. fun. Let's well, make us a lot solution. of money.
3: So if anybody <laughs> out there wants to put us up and pay for the plane ticket, look at that. My cousin there.
2: lives out there, and uh, so does a couple of friends now. So yeah. Well, I be. think you're volunteering yeah, oh, right now. camp. let camp.
1: just, it's just, camp. Let's
3: just camp. rough it. Let's it. We, can, we can go find Steve? where they <laughs>
0: camped at Castle Rock with <laughs> right. Gordy and the King. Stephen King himself is out there. We can reach out to King and see if he's got a couple of sleeping bags. That'd be fun We're at Castle Rock. Where are you? We can hang out with King and talk nothing nothing of King and just hang out as human Wait, beings uh, so. hold on hold on i have I'll this start... i have this great idea for mac i think mac you should just drive around for 100 miles looking for castle rock <laughs> yes <laughs> and you know what, what, I, to like the what end. i'll do is instead of doing a 100 a 100 mile ride i will spend i'll do a 100 miles searching for castle rock and i'll chronicle it and i'll just go all over <laughs> maine day on my eight bike. still haven't found it you still you think, haven't found it'll, it'll, be, castle it'll rock.
4: be like yeah it'll be like cereal it'll be like the next Ooh. podcast <laughs>
0: sensation. yeah i'll record it i'll Ooh, He's this innocent. Is, this is very interesting. Do you, do I might you, do this. How so
4: many people have heard of this town called Castle Rock? There's even a TV show about it, but Just, I can't find it. on any um, map with
0: many. Um, I, I hear there's a payphone of the Best Buy around there. If anyone's yeah. interested in going with me on this journey, uh um, hit up our socials and we'll uh we'll get we'll I'll get a it little happen. bike we'll get a little bike team together.
3: Well think- speaking of bike teams, um there's no transition. <laughs> but for my resolutions, Uh, I do plan to go back to exercising every day after work, which I was doing for a few months and then I got sick. Yeah. After work. No rest days. No, no. Well, no, no. Weekends. After work, I would go work out for like half an hour every day, every work day. Um, I'm enjoying this, this month of just snacking out a lot because it's the holidays and there's just snacks everywhere you look. So I'm partaking in that, but I'm going to go back to my patented no snacks until the weekend. And I was very good about, uh, the other 11 months of the year. And
4: so just meals.
3: Just meals, just meals. It's been, it sucks.
2: Just meals. And then um, I'm gonna,
3: gonna get back meals. to to writing it as well. I uh, I used to write, uh, I would write these. Uh, There's a couple of short plays that got put up. I wrote in like two days. There's a screenplay I wrote this uh, some spec scripts I would write in like a month. Billy Goldman over here, and I would just be able to knock this stuff out. But I've just had not been inspired, and I've, I I need to force myself to do this. And if I can just get myself to sit down for a while, which I don't allow myself to do enough. Then I'm gonna to try to knock out another spec strip this year.
0: Sam, thank you for really lighting the fire <laughs> for all Under of us everyone. here. I think everybody's starting to really think of some some good New Year's resolutions. And no
4: trailers, me. Justin. That's,
0: that's part true. of it.
3: Oh, that's already given. That's no question. No question. All right, so Samuel we... Olesh. If you could get Stephen King to go back and, and rewrite and rewrite one of his old books, he doesn't need to
6: rewrite them. No, no. Speedy <laughs> becomes
3: em. Steve Bushimi. <laughs> I want to rewrite this rabbit. Um, the Green Mile starring like Tom Sizemore. All right. <laughs> Let's do this one more time. <laughs> if you could get Stephen King to go back and rewrite one of his old books with his skills now, what would it be? My answer is
2: Rage. Yes! That's mine, too. Uh, I Roadwork. Eh. No,
4: I don't even want that to exist. Yeah, yeah
2: I, just I don't know, that.
0: But I think what I would give him is one of the descriptions of the book from the <laughs> bus jacket. <laughs> oh, yeah, I also and think, say I write think, that. Ray, that, it, that sounds interesting.
4: It's an interesting cultural indicator. Like I, I, we should leave it as a cultural marker of a time when
0: oh, God.
6: it was weird so to write we, about. Do we need to preserve it? Like Do we need this? to
0: contact? Yeah, the, roadwork the is national...
2: so roadwork is so interesting to me because I vividly remember reading it during one of my like. Um, walk reads Did you read the whole thing? I know I stopped and, um, I, I stopped about 50 pages in and I was like I'm not doing this But I remember vividly being like It was like a 95 degree day When I walked like to the office here And I about like I think it was, I was like trying I kept flipping back and forth To figure out what affair They were talking about With this one guy That was working at like the manager And I was just like Fuck this book And I like, almost, I'm like I almost wanted to like Throw it like on the ground But it was a uh, a rare Bachman book, so didn't want to do that. Didn't want to do but, that.
0: No, no. So we've got Rage. Is that pretty much across the board? Now it's one of the only Stephen King books I haven't read. I haven't read that or Pet Cemetery at this point. Those
2: are the two books. Well, I don't want to re- behind Pet Cemetery, on. But um, Rage for sure.
4: Um, I said Dreamcatcher or something with aliens. I feel like he needs mm. another stab at aliens. I agree. Yeah. I would um, imagine
3: like a sober Tommyknockers. Yeah. You know,
4: there's another book that turns out. That aliens are involved, but they're not the focal point. I think that one works well, but I want one where the aliens are the focal point.
3: Yeah. Stephen,
2: hmm. Steven, are you up there? Do it. All right. He's gonna do another one with his with his daughter this time. Well, speaking of daughters, Michelle Positino, <laughs> who's definitely a <laughs> who's daughter, Mike's daughter, who's definitely someone's daughter. <laughs> would you consider doing some spin-off episodes covering Joe Hill's novels? Lots of fun King's Dominion in his work. We have talked about covering uh, Joe Hill's yeah. books, and we'll it's probably it's going to probably be part of this podcast if we're all still around at this point and still doing this in you know three or four years. That's and what I wrote too. Told, I wrote the yeah. exact same thing for doing. Well, a I was going to say when his
0: when his novels start dropping, if it's in between a, a Stephen King novel, you know, what I mean, yep. we can easily cover it totally.
2: Uh, We've but got I a way don't,
0: to go. I don't think we'll, we will be covering it for a long time. But we do encourage people to go out and and read. Uh, Psy King's kids books. Psy Kids. Psy Kids. I like that. Like Spy Kids. Sounds, like, they're
4: psychics.
3: Sounds like somebody from The Shop. Let's see. We got yeah. Matt Elliott. <laughs> writes, oh, we know Matt Elliott. Another long time.
0: Another long time listener. If Randall Flagg and evil Dale Cooper, I like this already, had an arm wrestling contest, who would win?
6: Flagg. Uh, this is, this hard is hard. This is tough. Both
3: I got th- I, got, I think I've got an answer we can all agree with. Yeah. Okay.
2: It would be flag everywhere in the world except for the Red Room. Ooh, I like that. That's the official answer. You like uh, that?
0: Yeah. I mean, personally, I think Brundlefly would win. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, every time I think of arm wrestling, I do think of that scene. It's disgusting and yeah. it makes me Well, sick. I think of that and Over the oh, Top. Oh, you're
3: referencing the fly, the arm wrestling scene. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah. I, what the I, fuck are you talking uh, about?
3: That, I, like, I, I, I always think of that and Over the Top. Well, Over the Top is... Incredible. He, it's over the he's, top. It's like a switch. You know, he, he flips his head, yeah. his hat around before he wraps so it's around. All right, James
2: Perry. That's right, because, Mel, you have not seen Twin Peaks, so you cannot Yeah, it's a miracle speak.
4: Mike hasn't clockwork-oranged me at this point. I know, like,
2: I know. I, there's a lot of things that are my favorites that you haven't watched, but it's 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 cool. The, 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 it'll, it'll happen one, Mike's now, one day. right now. One day at right? a, <laughs> a time. <laughs> but, yeah, at, exactly. least Mils, at
0: least hey, at least it's
4: a delight when you can show someone something for the first time that you really like. So well, actually, I'm doing him a favor. That's really
0: true. true. I think it, I honestly am really excited about possi- the possibility of watching Back to the Future with you and Mike. Yeah, this will be fun. I'm not excited about the
3: fact that it's possible Mel could just also hate it and and, and, and say the entire time how much she hates it and I have to watch Mike's like soul be just destroyed, yeah. like like a character in under the skin. It
4: already happened with Stranger Things season two, so we oh, don't need wow. to repeat it. Oh God, <laughs> I
3: remember Mike's that. already. Oh no, Mike just killed himself. He's dead. <laughs> Mike's dead. All right, uh, next question. Who wants to read this next question?
4: James Perry, what King novel would you want turned into a graphic novel, and why? That's a good question.
3: That is a
0: very
2: good question. I'll leave it to the,
3: the graphic novel comic book readers out there.
4: Um
0: they oh, <laughs> already did the stand. I would love
4: they've done a lot. I honestly. would love
0: to see uh Night Shift because it's already set it could be literally like an issue, a story. Like a Tales of the Crypt approach. Yeah. Mm. I think it would be so cool to see some of those stories come to life because it's so broad and covers such a wide scope. You could get a lot of guest artists to come in and do the artwork, and I, I would, I think that would be an excellent way to illustrate that. I think that's his easily his best short story uh, book out there, and I think that that w- it's such a great entry point for Stephen King. I was, rec- I recommended this to someone recently that had that was interested in reading horror. I said, if you're interested in reading horror, here's Night Shift. It's got a little something if you like one of these stories, I can point you in the direction of another King book that would be like, blow your mind. And I would love to see a graphic novel version of that.
5: Mel.
4: I thought desperation or the regulators. Mm. It would be cool to see a surreal take on what's going on in those books. um, In a visual medium. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I would. Um, I think that would sell a lot too, just as a companion piece, kind of like upside down thing, because that's really in right now. Obviously. I'm
3: really looking forward to We're going to get there this year, right? I think it's, we're going to end the year with Desperation, right? I think so. Wow. We are Possibly. really racing
2: well, through. There. Yeah, we have well, to, that's we have to based map on out our year. Yeah. If like Castle Rock comes back and all yeah, this other stuff, yeah, too. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Um, I'm going to go with the Dark Tower. I think that would be a really good. <laughs> <laughs> They've done it. Wow. No, no. I. um. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't really. I think. I you think like a the graphic one, everyone novel
3: everyone guy. Here. I think. I figure you'd have some ideas.
2: I just. I, I um, thought the ones that did. They, they did. They're really good. My my thing is with with books being adapted into graphic novels. I don't really necessarily want that. I just want to have an original story on a gra- as a graphic novel as opposed to like an adaptation or something. I never really bought the adaptations of like the movies graphic novels. I bought the adaptations of novels. Yeah. Um. Or of adaptations of movies as novels. I I love those, but as a graphic novel, just it's too slow for me. I needed to get like going and stuff well i so.
0: think that they, it would be really cool if they did some like prequel stuff like cujo pre-rabies like oh, like god. just like <laughs> call like <laughs> cujo just kujan like a children's book or something just Cujin around very moving <laughs> god
4: well someone already did that charlie the choo-choo book which was like that was kind pretty of awesome well
0: yeah. that, that was, was cool. Psy King under a moniker yeah. uh well not, it was actually him. Beryl, it Beryl wasn't him. It was somebody else, but it
3: was no, sanctioned. No, it, was, yeah, easy. I don't know if it was him. Yeah. Oh. But it was some
2: dad a pseudonym for it or whatever. But anyway. John Weigley, who wants to do right who wants to read this one? Should Joe Hill and Owen King collaborate with their
0: dad on his unfinished novel The Plant? Yes, why that's, not? Yeah,
2: that's a great idea. Why oh, not?
4: I haven't read it. Maybe let's start on something new rather than something left to languish. I don't but, care about it. But he's got uh, to get into it eventually. Yeah, but but
0: what was that? The beauty? What was the
3: the yeah. sleeping beauties? This is why I don't want him really. I'm not really like clamoring for another Owen King, Stephen King joint, you know? Yeah, because like, I was not. Uh, you Joe like- Hill, possibly. No, I like see- sleeping beauties. So well, we're, we're, I'm good. I'm good on that front.
0: <laughs> well, I think that's what happens when you get new properties, but maybe if they went back and t- retouched on something old, maybe it would be. And Justin's shaking his head over here. I don't know. Go for uh, it, Steve. Anybody uh, who wants to read Brogan Savage's question—that is great name. Ho- great name, Ho- first of all. Horgan. Great name. <laughs> Brogan. Oh, Brogan, Horgan, Dorgan, and This is one of the lobsters from the stand. <laughs> is- all right, I'll take this one. All
2: right, Brogan Savage. Which crossover would you most like to see with the Stephen King universe? Example: Cooge or Cthulhu versus Cthulhu. Personally, I want to see some Stephen King, some real acknowledgement of Stephen King in a little show I like to call. Oh, Stranger Things! I want to see, I want to see Steve. Those kids would get steamrolled <laughs> by Pennywise. Oh you, God, want
0: like, you want to see like Johnny show up in, yeah. the, in the Stranger Things and, the, a, so and have a, a mental off? He's like, hey, off with, with, with <laughs> he's the like, lemon. hey, hey,
3: meet your new teacher. And Steve's <laughs> like, who's this clown?
2: <laughs> who's this clown? And it's like, he's using the cane. Pennywise. And then Pennywise comes up. I'm a
5: clown. I'll just um, say it's
2: Johnny Smith. <laughs> That's, yeah, I know. <laughs> That's what
5: I was thinking. I know yeah, you say who is this clown, but then oh. he peers also. Um.
3: God, <laughs> yeah, we really do crack each other up. That'd be um, great. Uh,
2: all right. Justin,
3: w- Well, you anybody have else?
0: Well,
3: Is that I'm Stranger Things?
0: I'm thinking...
4: No, <laughs> oh, I have a lot. Oh, yeah. go for oh, it. Okay, go, go for it. All right, Christine fucking Optimus Prime oh, in truck God. form, obviously.
3: <laughs> Only truck form. Like it, they, they tease him going to like actual full robot form? <laughs> and like, she's no, like, no. No, 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 no. So it keeps honking your horn.
4: <laughs> um it'd be cool if Carrie or Charlie joined the X-Men. Or oh, yeah. um if Scully and Mulder went to the Overlook.
2: Oh yeah, that'd be awesome. Maybe they could have that in the season twelve of the X Files.
0: I would personally I'm I, personally I'd love to see uh the King of the Monsters, Godzilla
2: versus the Cooge. Cooge. <laughs> 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 like like the the Godzilla that's in like uh the Gareth Edwards one, like the the one that's just giant that can almost like touch the outer space. <laughs>
3: oh my god. Um we hey, you know what? I mentioned it earlier. Like <laughs> uh, somebody asked a question related to this earlier. I got I guess some king king humans in that old uh, Twin Peaks. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be interesting. Yeah, he's already
4: very... intentionally crossed over a little bit with Harry Potter,
0: sort of. That's that's yeah, true. With, as uh, well with as Doctor Doom and uh and Star Wars. And we'll say yeah, no more. And we'll say yeah. And we'll we'll, say we'll no leave no it at that. Mm-hmm. But
2: uh, yeah, that Romeo would be and Juliet, really cool. but there's
4: pet cemetery.
2: <laughs> oh, I like that again. And that, they, I, they put them in there. I would love to see. <laughs> and, they, and
4: they get this. They
2: put them in there. <laughs> they put them in there. <laughs> no, the, the movie just keeps repeating itself so they keep killing themselves at the yeah, pet cemetery. <laughs> I love it. All right, um, Tracy Tordoff. Unless anyone else has some uh, some other crossovers, we want to go into. Well, maybe Mothra versus Koosh. <laughs> Ooh, I like other this idea. Uh, is
0: just the. Could
4: uh... depth bug.
0: <laughs> and yeah, it just, we can start
2: naming vehicles and we'll see what happens. Okay. Yeah. All right. Tracy Tordoff. Congrats, guys, on the Big 100. Listening every week and always looking forward to it. Thanks. I'm so excited for the new year and all the great book coverage yet to come. So, with that, I ask when and if Psy King does decide to retire. Are Owen and Joe ready to pick up the reins and carry on with his work? Do you think they want to? Not to replace, but to extend an already amazing King verse. I haven't ready I haven't started to read his kids' work yet, but apparently there are connections in some of their novels. Are they worthy? This is uh, a very good question. Yeah. yeah.
0: Now I haven't I haven't really read any Joe Hill or, or Owen King stuff, but I don't think that they would I do not think that they would continue anything that King has done. I think Joe Hill has some loose connections, I believe, Mm -hmm. to some things. And I think that he would continue to do that maybe years, years down the line. um, I can see them maybe doing something like that, but not right away. I think King has established himself so well and so um, just eternally in a sense we already
4: give king shit for not living up to his best stuff i feel like it's so much pressure and i'd rather they just do their own i'd much rather see them pursue their own interests and rock whatever type of writing they most want to do and if that sense, if they're writing what they want, then they're worthy of of reading. As a writer, I can't imagine the pressure of having Stephen King for a dad. Like,
2: watch, watch when like Stephen dies. Like Joe Hill's, like, all right, um, my finally. next book is the my dead. Name's Zone Joe King. Too. My name's um, Joe Stephen King. You know, yeah.
0: if it was like some, if it was a situation where where Stephen King at some point, like Joe or one of his kids said, hey, dad, why didn't why don't you write a sequel to this book? And here's the story. And and King was like, that, that's really that's actually a really good idea. But I don't have it in me. Why don't you give it a shot? and then they saw it through, that I would be okay with, but that conversation probably hasn't happened. Has here's
3: it? here's the issue I have, is that I'm so exhausted with so much pop culture talk these days. I don't want to have to discuss if whether or not these books would be true or canon. Like, Is this really a mm. sequel, or is this yeah. is this really canon? Because that's the problem that uh, Frank Herbert's son or sons are running into with all these Dune books that have been coming out since his death. There's a lot of Dune books. Now, to be fair, I've not read any of those books, and to be honest, I'm not sure what the reception's like. All I know is that every time I go not to the bookstore, oh, is it not good? Okay, there but go. even
4: Frank Herbert's sequels weren't very good. So
3: ah, I've read the first four, and they're pretty good. I, I hear wow, like the last one. Wow, you read one, the first four. Yeah, it's they get crazy, Mel.
4: I know they get crazy. People are like becoming sandworms and shit.
3: It's wild. Yeah, it's it, like
4: like everyone's like, a clone. Like, like giant,
3: so- giant sandworms. It's a little like too much. Human faces. It's great. it's great. I can't wait for these movies to come out. But anyway, but but the bottom line is, I think there's too much pressure on the kids. Yeah. too much backlash it, it, just do your own thing it, it, joe hill for instance he goes by joe hill he doesn't go by joe king i think he's gonna try to do his own thing going, uh,
4: also, going like, on also like it's okay to let people die and, yeah. like let their, let and their let, legacy let, die with and you know what yeah.
3: we've been getting so many reboots and 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 sequels years later but i'm getting to the point now where i would rather just ha- like no it's, we're good here like i don't yeah. need to see you know northern exposure come back i'm good you keep I'll bringing okay. that one up.
0: I'll be fine. Well, he's
4: also—I mean—with his whole dollar baby thing, like maybe he'll open up the property to anyone to yep. play with.
0: Uh, who knows? Oh okay, God, I'm going to take the next question here. Are, you, are we good? Are we, are we good with that. I'm good with that. Yeah. Yeah. Let me take the next question here because I'm—I'm I'm not writing so much these days. But Diane Stroud, another constant listener, and um, she came to the fest. We love Diane. She came to the fest. It was great. Love Diane. How has reading King? affected your own writing and let's start with mel because you are right you are in the thick of it right now how has he affected your writing
4: (laughs) hugely i mean i credit him for involving me with writing as a craft initially and i don't write like him but i do think of myself as a concept driven writer rather than character driven or even plot driven my my ideas always start and i credit king for this as what if x happened what if a dome appeared over a town what if um, a ghost was trapped in a koi pond or whatever. And the characters come later and I populate the concept later to try and make it memorable. Um, and I think that's what people make fun of King for, but it's also what he's known for. You know, Mm -hmm. what if, what if a car was evil? Um, his book on writing is awesome. I really like the way he does interiority, what I call the King parentheticals and italics, those little blurbs Mm -hmm. of thought that all his characters have. I don't exactly use those, but I just like how they contain the strange randomness of the mind and they lend gravity to like a seemingly ludicrous fleeting sentence. Um, And in general, the way that he makes you take an outlandish concept seriously is something that I really strive for in my writing. He doesn't shave the warts or the realism off of his worlds before he throws something supernatural in the mix. So people are still gross and flawed and swearing and fucking. And then there's just also this crazy shit going on that isn't possible in our world, but it feels real because he's captured a lot of the underbelly of what does currently go on in our worlds. I just feel like I love that and I want to capture that as well. And I also feel like I keep an eye on what I don't like about his work too, things that I think he treats too simplistically. And I try to take lessons from that as well.
3: That's awesome. Um, That's a really good answer. Thanks. So, I don't that's think I really realized that he had that much of a, an inspiration on you in that way, actually. But that's that's awesome. Um, Justo? I, anything I've really written has not – honestly, I mean, again, King is the was my first adult writer that I read as a kid. So, I mean, that's always going to kind of stick with me in terms of your imagination, I think, too, in a lot of ways when, when you start to get really set as you go on in life. But I do have a little fun story about Stephen King when I was a kid. I remember in 6th or 7th seventh gra- seventh grade, I-, I wrote these little stories, like long form, like longhand. And it was called Carnival 666. <laughs> With Starlight the With Bear? With Starlight the Bear, yeah. And wow. Starlight the Bear, there was this haunted carnival. And this sounds like something that you would see on Channel Zero now in sci-fi, yeah. by the way. Oh, totally. And it would like appear in, the- in this town. And so these kids broke in one night, and there was this little bear... That looked like a stuffed bear that you see at a carnival, but it was alive, Ooh. and it had stars <laughs> but it for was eyes,
2: alive. like the Charmin bear.
3: It had stars for eyes, but I tell you right now, this is before I read it <laughs> or Cotton Bear. Yeah, the Charmin I still bear. Had, <laughs> I still had the idea for <laughs> stars for eyes before I read it. Interesting. Oh wow! So well, well that's
0: great because you know I remember that cover with the clown face with the stars for eyes. you, know that you was... know what I'm talking about? The it cover. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm yeah, saying. But yeah, it's yeah. before that. I know, I know. Imagination creepy. was a. Uh, well, that's funny that you mentioned that because that is one of one of the one of the, the memories that I have of your right. I remember having the old. It was the old like Tandy printouts with the the perforated edges you yeah. could peel, you peel off. off. Yeah. And I remember reading those stories when I was <laughs> way too young to be reading these, and way too young for you to be writing something of that caliber. Well, I also wrote um, a
3: series called. I'm not joking. Not forty-eight hours, but seventy-two hours, and it was—it was like this cool action, lethal weapon type thing. And we—I would read these in front of the class, like they would like one. I would like have people in the class. We've got to have those somewhere.
4: Justin, do you have something to share? I'll tell you,
3: I'm—I'm pretty sure that those are saved somewhere. I might even have them. I I would die to find them. I had a
2: similar situation happen to me when I was younger, when I uh, with reading like stories in front of the class. Except I was so fucking obsessed with Jurassic Park that I literally just wrote out the entire movie and like like <laughs> line for line oh, and they finally had to like be like all right mike we've seen us you don't need to read the rest of this and all and it was like and it was like me trying to make my own novelization of a movie that was already based on a goddamn novel so it was just so Ugh. pointless and i totally missed the absolute reason for that which was to spark your own imagination all i could think about was the goddamn movie so yeah i know king hasn't really inspired my writing so much but he has definitely his like work ethic for sure and like just gotten me into horror more for sure like over the mm. years because i there's definitely some sort of legitimacy that he brings to the genre that i love him for you know then that's that's always what i'll be appreciative of but in terms of writing like honestly i if there was a writer that definitely influenced me more so it'd probably be like like brady snellis or something like that but um mm. just because i was reading his books far more when i was trying to develop as a writer at the time
3: but, and you also become a, a, a quiet supporter of Trump too. Huh? I am yeah, I'm I'm
2: a I'm a huge well, um, a lot of, libertarian. A lot of but on. uh anyway. Um Luke Gloystein. Oh here we go. Let's we all it. know Stephen King loves rock and roll. What are some of your favorite bands or artists? I really enjoyed you all answering my questions about your favorite authors and have enjoyed discovering the authors you suggested. I got my top five. I got my top five too. You go oh, first. Oh wow, let's yeah, you guys wow. roll through I, it and this
3: has been pretty much station. Somebody wrote or put forward an idea that said that pretty much by the time you're 25, you found your favorite bands. And I, there's still excellent music that you can discover after that, but it's really tough to replace those artists that you found in your first 25 years. So for me, and this includes the the band members in these bands and their related works, whether mm. it's solo with other artists too, that does play a huge part.
2: And you don't count the Beatles.
3: I don't count the Beatles, yeah. but I, I yeah, that's a whole... Yeah, you know. separate area for me. Yeah, it's a I whole agree. separate area. Number five, Wilco. Mm. Uh, not just Wilco, but, you know, the stuff that Jay Bennett did and obviously what Jeff Tweedy's done with Uncle Tupelo and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Number four, um, Smith's, uh, all the Morrissey solo stuff, a lot of the Morrissey solo stuff, I should say. And Johnny Marr is a genius as well. And this is the one that was static for about, over a decade, but it slipped, and I got number three, Radiohead. Mm. So many iconic albums. I know. They're finally in the Hall of Fame. They should have been last year. I'm not sure what the year delay was. Even though the Hall of Fame is bullshit, by the way. I really discovered that. <laughs> I know, Reading is. that Rolling Stone book, which it's is incredible, it came out this year. It's like it's just such a total corporate bullshit hand job. Yeah. Bullshit. Um, number two, Mel. You'll appreciate this one. R.E.M. R.E.M. Um, <laughs> the dog oh Ah!
6: (laughs) yes we uh, love zarya and
2: that makes three
6: hey hey
2: oh watson what do what do you what are your your thoughts on monster do you think it's as divisive as an album is
4: my favorite album
2: (laughs) i love monster i do but
3: that's that's my favorite american band of all time i could still put in those i still listen to those all those albums all the time and number one pink floyd yep uh, that's another formative. Sorry, I
4: spoiled your number two, Justin. No, I, so I
3: said excited. Mel. I, I said Mel was going to guess it, but number one, Pink Floyd. You want to talk about like the formative years of getting into music? That for me was one of those bands I got into that my my parents weren't into, that a lot of other people in my grade level obviously weren't into, and I was all in. I yeah, I loved all the people and that are associated with that band as well. So yeah, that's my top five, and it's going to pretty much be that way the rest of my life, and I'm totally fine with that.
2: Yeah. Um, I guess I'll go then. Um, there you go. Here's a pen for Mac. Ah, uh, there you go. Live in action. Yeah, we're just passing some pens around <laughs> this is going to be we're getting serious here. For so for me, um, I my number one band of all time. Oh, you're is, gonna go to number one? i gonna go five to one. I guess I'll do five five to one like the Doors, oh. uh, who used to be my top five but not anymore. Uh, number five is Woko Also. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Four is the Smashing
3: Pumpkins. They're way up there. That's You want to talk about, once again, my teenage years. Oh, my God.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, three is uh, Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. Oh, content material. Yeah. Love Bruce. Uh, two is Joy Division.
3: Hey, happy times. Yeah, right. And, so that, But that would also include New Order. And that would include New Order, too. Right. Yeah, yeah. That, in terms of the band members and everything that they've yeah. done. Yeah, yeah, I would like. That would combine them, too. And number one,
2: The Replacements.
3: Hey. I, the only band that matters for me. So. That might be the, my favorite band post-25. 'Cause yeah. I really didn't get into them until later on. Usually people get into them earlier, but I yeah, I got to see them a few times when they a reunited. Mature a, a mature choice. A mature choice. For, for songs like, you know, Gary's Got a Boner and yeah. you know, these are the songs that a twenty six year old needed to hear.
2: No, it's it's interesting. Wilco's new for me. I um I, I assessed it and I always think – because Pearl Jam used to be that spot. And yeah. um and I just thought it over recently and it's just, like, just Wilco has just been such a bigger part of my life, like in the latter years, than Pearl Jam has. Been. My 21st century band is Wilco. Yeah, Kill. yeah. I, they're the band I've seen the most in concert too, mm. um, even over the Pumpkins at this point. I think I've probably seen Will Kill the most too, because yeah. we live here. That's why. I mean, I, I'm more than happy to be here yeah, for that. Yeah, I think it was like 15. It was the last time I was the number. I think it was for me. Wow. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of weird, kind of wild. Mel, do you um, have? Uh...
4: I I just kind of wrote down a bunch. <laughs> i didn't do a top
2: five well yeah Um, that was unprompted oh i I also don't count michael jackson um because that is my favorite artist of all time and i just it's kind of like the beatles for me it's just like a given for that but yeah bands is just separate yeah
4: um i i this is such a weird thing to say but it's a a thing i've come to realize about myself in the last (laughs) couple years i just i'm not someone who pursues music i'm not a music person i just kind of put it on During commutes and I like what I like, but I'm not someone who puts effort into it and like maybe I should be, but um, everything is kind of just there because someone else put it there. Like it's my parents stuff or whatever. So my, my list in no particular order when I'm feeling more 80s ish, I'm really into Gary Newman, Oingo Boingo, Duran Duran and Tears for Fears. When I'm feeling more rockish, I really like the Guess Who, R.E.M., Phil Collins-era Genesis, Solo-era Peter Gabriel, as we all know. Mm. Um, when I'm feeling more industrial, I go to industrial-era Gary Newman, Nine Inch Nails and Sisters of Mercy. And then if it's like more indie, it's like Decemberists or Secret Machines or something like that.
2: Nice. Secret Machines. I haven't heard them in a while. That's,
4: That's a good varied list there.
3: Yeah.
2: That, that, yeah. that mm-hmm. runs
3: the gamut from like, you know, what... Well, well you said the guess who, right? So that's that's a little earlier, I
6: guess.
4: I love the guess
3: them so who. I love so much.
4: Mm-hmm. Anyone wanna point out um something very hypocritical about that list and about me? Hypocritical? Yeah.
2: The simra uh, the guess the guess uh, who
0: <laughs> how, how is it hypocritical?
2: there's
4: there's <laughs> no women on that
0: list. I oh, so yeah. Don't wow. listen to any Oh, set. I'm gonna I'm gonna
4: Everyone send gonna me recommendations for female fronted bands. Well, I will see
0: plenty. Don't
3: worry because Mac is about to to bring us into number one, um, number
0: one, Um, Ryan Adams. No, uh, no, I've, uh, so Justin and I grew up together and a lot of the music that I grew up with and became a huge fan of was, you know, gifted to me through him and through his interest in music. Uh, and also my father was huge into Led Zeppelin and the Beatles. And so that is always something that's at the core of my soul. Um, but, uh, Instead of just naming Justin's bands again, I'm gonna go a little deeper. <laughs> uh a Third Eye Blind. Hey. Love, love the three E B albums one through four Ursa, Ursa Minor? Yeah Ursa Major. Major, major. Ursa Major. Wish they t- wish they came up with Ur- Ursa Minor. Uh love third eye blind. Um uh Big Star. Love yeah. their three al- three albums. Great stuff. Uh I'd love Ryan Adams. His his whole canon, I mean he he's a problematic person, but I love his music. I'll say about Ryan Adams. He
3: probably I probably like more songs by Ryan Adams, if you include like all the unreleased stuff than anybody else. But I probably also dislike more Ryan Adams songs than anybody <laughs> else that would be like on my favorite bands list. Does um, that make sense? Yeah, no
0: totally. Uh, there's so much out there. It's like it's so much greatness and there's obviously room for so much garbage. And then I would go with um Cigar Rose. Great. And then on a countryside, Steve Earle, Patty Griffin, love mm. Patty Griffin, and to wrap it up, I love Bjork. I love her earlier stuff, her first half of yeah, her career. I did so. There you go, Mel. A Bjork. lot more. I love her. Yeah, I look love into Dave, Bjork. I love her first album. I love her second, third, um, bits and pieces of the fourth, fifth, and sixth. But like it now, it's it's more. It's more almost like an art piece now. I would love to watch it. I would love to like I- I- experience it once, but it's not something I like come back to multiple times. The music's kind of transcended to, to another plane of existence. But um, if you get a chance to check out her early stuff like debut, it's great.
4: You guys like Kate Bush? I'm starting to get into Kate Bush.
3: Yeah, I love Kate Bush. Oh, Dave uh, David Gilmore, I believe, discovered her from my favorite band, Pink Floyd. <laughs> I love uh, Woman's Worth. I love uh It's really a great
2: album. Um, and the uh, Running Up The Hill is like one of the greatest songs of the 80s, so I
4: She does a great song about horror called Hammer Horror. It's really good.
2: Yeah, she's oh. she's you know, amazing. If she's you, if if you
0: want more female artists, I can rattle off a, a few more Amy just Mann. Send, I'll ask the listeners too. I love Amy Mann. Just
4: comment Well, I yeah, mean, here's me. the thing. Uh, like,
0: like now, <laughs> I think
4: this is absolutely
3: an era for. I mean, like, Janelle Monae's album that came out this year. Oh, that's, my, yeah. that's the only album I like. Mitski came out. I mean, there's so many great people. I'm saying, like, oh, it's hard for oh, it's me because so you know, you get that top five early on in life, and this these were just my formative bands. You know, yeah. very true. Well, get on top of it, Mel. <laughs> Let's get going. <laughs> because, because, I'm
4: sexist as shit.
3: God.
0: Deliberately well, not liking any female artists. Richard Gilbert says, What's the best? Asks, What's the best Stephen King miniseries? It is a tough close for me, but I honestly, even with all its problems, I think the stand stands stand. Yeah. for me. It's the stand I, for me. Yeah.
4: I haven't seen any except for it, I think. You've never seen a stand? I, no I, oh, so I, no, I haven't seen it, but I, I think maybe Salem's Lot. It was
3: between Salem's, Salem's Lot and The Stand for that's, me. Yeah, but I was going to say that's The Stand great. overall. Uh, but I will say this. I'm looking forward to revisiting Storm of the Century. Mm. That I which, loved. Which I really I liked. It, yeah.
6: and that's I always mix that
0: look.
4: up with A, perf- a Perfect Storm.
0: Well, well, it's very different from that movie. <laughs> I don't think any boats are crashing in this movie. You know what I'm saying?
2: <laughs> Into the waves. All right. Well, let's go to Dave Masson. Dave
4: Masson.
2: A while ago, a listener asked you for non-King recommended reads, and you picked I'm Thinking of Ending Things, Loner, and The Troop. Those were all probably from Randall, all of which were fantastic. <laughs> so, uh,
3: A couple of those were for me, too, I think.
2: Oh. So any more non-King suggestions that constant readers will lap up? I don't have anything new per se, but uh, I did really, really, really enjoy Elevation by Stephen Charnow. Um, I I would say I, I mentioned his name a bunch of times already on this podcast, but go back and read some old uh, Bradys Snell's, You know, I read Rules of Attraction in one sitting, just sitting there, just like what, just it's so immersive and it's so much fun and it's a very dark and macabre book at points, but it's just really enjoyable. And it's at the time I likened it to like reading a live journal, which really dates me, but um, it's, it's, I absolutely enjoy that book. I
3: stuck with horror. Um, And by the way, it was actually, if I mentioned on the podcast, it's only because I think Randall and Dan recommended to me (laughs) to begin with uh, the, I'm thinking of anything things, loner in the troop. Um, My, I'm sticking with horror and, if you haven't read Books of Blood by Clive Barker, you gotta oh, read Books so of Blood by Clive good. Barker. Like, if you're a Stephen King fan, I can't imagine you not enjoying those books. And I'm pretty sure that the first three pretty much just come in one big volume now. Oh,
4: yeah, I got it. It's great.
3: Is it the one, is it like the black and white cover, Mel? Like,
4: yeah, and it's, it's like a creepy-looking wallpaper yes. statue. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's Yeah, good. it's
3: awesome. Uh, Dan Caffrey just read those for the first time, and he loved them as well, fellow loser. So, yeah, uh, great, great, great stuff.
4: I almost assigned a story from that to my students this year, and then I was like, oh, no, it's too much for them. Which <laughs> I can't one? handle which one? it. Uh, it was In the Hills of the Cities, which is I, I, an amazing oh my story. God,
3: that ending is incredible. But, yeah, I, I, I wonder – that would be a great, like, 30-minute episode of something. You know, I don't know if it could be a good movie, but anyway, let's maybe
4: that's our maybe that's our answer. We could do Clive Barker for our other author podcast. That
3: would be that would be awesome. Every story,
0: every short story. Okay, sorry. Um, Sorry. um, I'm going to deviate from from novels and go to graphic novels because Mm. uh, not not a lot of you uh, uh, you read a lot of graphic novels, but I would say if you are into horror, definitely check out Hellblazer, Original Sins, and the first five or six. Uh, compendiums there uh uh the stories of john constantine it's really good it's really really dark and disturbing at moments um it, it's tough i would love to see I, I love constantine but um i would check that out and uh and Neil Gaiman's preludes and nocturnes that's that first sandman compendium is so good and if you like that continue with that series because it's great They'll never adapt it. They'll never do it justice. But uh, the graphic novel is there, uh, or I guess the collection is there. It's more of a trade. Uh, check those those couple things out.
2: Um, yeah. Hmm. Well, shall we move on to? I didn't uh, give my recommendation. Oh, you, okay, I thought you. Uh, well, she didn't... was she she was echoing my. Oh, uh, okay, she's okay. Not... Go for it.
4: Just Clive Barker Okay <laughs> yeah. um, I will never not recommend The Sparrow By Mary Doria Russell It's emotionally Devastating Sci-fi um, Broken You've, been, you've Monst- been trying
3: to get me To read that For like I know a year. just We just fucking know, read it I know it's, it's <laughs> I'm waiting for it to show up On my, on my Overdrive app
4: um,
2: like, Overdrive
4: Broken Monsters by Lauren Bukes is a genre-bending, empathetic, serial killer novel. It's so good. She is so good. If you like Stephen King, you'll like her. Didn't she
3: do... Uh, who did The Shining Girls?
4: That's, her. That's yep. her.
3: Yeah, that was good. That was good.
4: Um, if you People should read more short stories, and they should read more short stories by one of my fave authors, Brian Evanson. He writes really weird, surreal, dark stuff. My favorite collection from him is called A Collapse of Horses. Um, if you just want, like crazy, weird, good horror shit that traces a really big swath of time and includes the recommended Clive Barker story in The Hills of the Cities, pick up the giant doorstop that's just called The Weird. It's a big anthology edited by Jeff Vandermeer, the author of Annihilation. Mm. Um, And it just orders them chronologically. It goes all the way back to, you know, the 19th century um, with these spooky, weird stories from a variety of authors. Really great. The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson remains my favorite book of all time. Love that
0: book. Oh, love Um, it.
4: And if you want something nonfiction that's really cool about other species, I recommend The Sound of a Wild Snail Eating by Elizabeth Tova Bailey. It will make you look at snails differently.
3: Hmm. I always kind of give them the side eye.
4: (laughs) You're like, what's going on there? (laughs) What's happening here? You know, uh, also, I I think like people,
3: people should read more short stories by you know Mel Castle. Mel, why don't you plug your uh, where people can find your work? <laughs> I
4: already have. Just go to melcastle.com. There's some stuff you can read for free there. That's M-E-L-K-A-S-S-E-L dot com. Um, there's a couple you can read for free on there, and I'm hoping to get some more out into the world shortly.
3: Awesome. Awesome. All right. Next question. This guy's been here, I want to say like week one, literally. Yeah, yeah one. Bryant. Bryant Burnett, constant contributor to the the Bag of Bones. You're in charge of writing one of these out of existence. This is a great question. You're in charge of writing one of these out of existence. Rage the novel or the Dark Tower
2: movie? Which do you keep and which do you destroy? It's easy. It's an easy answer for me, though. It's easy for me, too. Mike, I'm keeping the Dark Tower and destroying Rage. Wow. Oh, no, other way
4: around. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Why? Because I, you take out Rage... And Stephen King's uh, bibliography like goes up big time. No, yeah, because real works awful. Yeah, <laughs> but it's not as not and the as bad as man's rage. Awful
3: too. The Brain Man's awful too. Like they're uh, both pretty
2: bad. Yeah, I mean, but not as bad as Rage. Rage is pretty like it's a shabby. <sighs> it's novel. bad, but
3: there's there's worse King to come.
2: You know? And also, let's let's also I'm gonna put on my um. Uh, social justice warrior cap and say that if Rage wasn't around, maybe it uh, would have stopped some uh, people from... Um... Nah,
3: those people were going to kill each other anyway. Okay. So, Mel, you, I think we agree. Mel, you go.
4: <laughs> yeah, Rage is of interest is a cultural marker, uh, and we should erase that Dark Tower movie. Try, try again. That's the reason
3: but... I erased... The, the, here's the thing. You keep Rage as a piece of shit, of course, but if you get rid of... The, the reason that I think it'll be harder to get any Dark Tower adaptation going forward is because that movie's so bad... You can't just reboot it right now. If that movie doesn't exist, maybe we're talking more about this potential Amazon series happening or another film series happening. But it's still but happening. There's still no announcement yet, though. I think people are still nervous about getting it out tainted. there. because it's tainted. Ba- yeah. It's been tainted in terms of people who are not familiar with the books. In terms of their eyes, it's just going to look – it looks bad right now. It's hard to tell people. You got you to gotta check this out. I promise it's good. I promise it's good because that movie was so bad. So mm-hmm. you, you got to get rid of that movie. Don't get, don't get me wrong, both are awful, but you gotta get rid of that movie. I like Idris' elbow, though.
6: Sure. So. He, he can oh, out, I love but, him. But yeah. that's
3: great, but he can now play Idris, or Idris, he can play Idris. That's he true. can now play Roland in a new, whatever. That ends up is happening. true. That is true. That. I do want to see Idris play Idris, though, in a Dark Tower movie. <laughs> you know what? It's, I don't want to spoil too much, but it gets a little meta.
2: Oh, so yeah. Who knows? It does.
0: It could. Mac. You're in charge of writing one of these out of existence. Hmm. I mean, <laughs> you're good. I haven't read Rage. <laughs> So, uh, let's write the Dark Tower movie out of existence. Um, I would keep Pretty Rage. Scholarly thought here, really. I, would, yeah. I would keep Rage because I think it's a, I think you, you, it, it, let me. Okay. Let me liken this to, uh, no, 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 no. Let me liken this to a, a film uh, that I love by Ridley Scott called Legend. Um, there's no light without dark. <laughs> Oh, you need Lord. rage as an example of what King's capable of <laughs> okay. at his worst.
2: <laughs> <Very> <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of legend, Philip's Sword. Because um, there's swords in legend, right? Uh, I'm a reader who binged on King in my late teens and early 20s, but then drifted away to other authors until circling back in my late 30s. At 42 now, I'm realizing I'm not that familiar with 90s King, other than Misery and Needful Things, which I read so long ago, I've totally forgotten the plot and characters. So, help a loser out dark tower novels aside no. which two or three 90s king books are your favorites <laughs> and without spoiling if possible why should i track them down first i haven't i don't yeah, I'll I, say mike and i haven't Mac read uh, the 90s dark Towers on. ones. one yeah ones in the 90s i've
0: only read the dark tower series and then everything up until this point so i'm gonna have to uh take myself out of the equation here what do you what do you guys i've think? got a
3: couple mel do you want to go first
4: sure sure, sure. uh Gerald's game the concept is so yeah. great handcuffed to the bed how do you get out he handles it surprisingly uh gracefully and deftly for the subject material which deals with everything from abusive marriages to abusive fathers in the past like it's so well done and i love it and it's underrated and i hope that more people read it since the flanagan adaptation came out um, and also again desperation and the regulators are a lot of weird fun
2: Oh, I have I've read um I've read parts I read like the first one or two volumes of The Green Mile, and I already know that book's great, so you got to read that. No, that's one. Not, okay. My
3: uh, yeah, mean, that's also very good. It's an underrated era. It's a really weird era for King, but
2: the some two of the, I would mention. Um, I enjoyed Bag of like some of the Bag of Bones I have read. Um, Bag
3: of Bones is is good. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good one. I've got Dolores Claiborne, the flip side of uh, our George. friend. Yeah, I haven't Game. read that one. Yeah, it's it uses a structure. That I know, King hadn't used in a novel form, and I don't think he's used since. It's uh, pretty much just one long chapter of a woman talking. Uh, very good. His, it, it, it moves really fast. too. It's was really that good.
2: his like shtick in the nineties was doing these like two le- linked books? Because he did it with jokes, D- Desperation and, and Regulars, yeah. yeah. I, but this is just
3: that's so much more of a loose connection, though. Regulars and Desperation is straight up. These are the same characters yeah, in a different yeah. situation, and the other one is. Um, Really, really quite moving. Hearts in Atlantis. I, I have you read Hearts in Atlantis?
4: No, it's. But really I know Anthony good. Hop- Sir Anthony Hopkins is in the adaptation. He has, he's Sir. in
0: the adaptation of Loman and Coast. I really, I really like that movie. I haven't read the book, but I really like William
3: Goldman. I believe wrote the mm-hmm. adaptation. Uh, but if if you like when King writes about childhood, um, becoming an adult, losing your innocence, and then in the Dark Tower series you'll love these five stories that are all loosely connected. In some ways they're definitely connected. So yeah, those are my number. Those are my top two off the top of my head. Really good stuff. Looking forward to getting to the nineties with King.
4: It is a weird decade though. All I'm right. not wrong. It's weird, but I'm looking forward to the rest all of the right. losers
3: who haven't read a lot of this stuff to, to see what they have to say about it. So.
6: Well, all
4: right, Sarah Davis King,
2: Ooh, maybe related. which King
4: character <laughs> would you like to see a new story revolve around? Um, I've got. And I, I said I want to check in from the couple from Cujo. I want to see how they're doing. <laughs> I like want their domestic drama. Eat, totally. Yeah. Well, or they same. could confront something else having been made stronger by the trauma that they experienced.
0: Christine, anybody? Um, Maybe Barlow moves yeah. in next door. Christine hawks yeah, outside. And, Christine.
4: And they're like, not today. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, And I also, I think I mentioned this during our it coverage. I would love to see Pennywise in a variety of different times, Pennywise prequels.
2: Ooh. Yeah, I would too. I actually think that there's so much you can do still with that character. Mm. But I also don't think it needs to be done as well. But um, I don't know. I mean, it would be kind of cool to have a prequel for Harold Lotter. Um, I think that would be. No, I'm just joking. Oh, so i just Like mowing worst. lawns? So worst. <laughs> just the worst. Mowing
3: lawns with Snickers bars? Yeah.
2: No, I. I, I, I d- hawk. Ugh. Oh, no, yeah. I, I actually for just specific characters. I mean, I don't know. Like maybe like it would be cool if we had some sort of like short story that involved Judd. Um, you know, like when he was younger or something like yeah. that. I mean, that would be a, that would be kind of neat. Like in like a future more about
4: the cemetery. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and just even just like yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like that whole town had a lot of weird things that were going on. Even just that were that that you could maybe do something with. But I, I don't know. It, it the problem with that is that like. I, th- I feel like we, can k- like King, pretty much runs his characters like, you know, the distance. So like, I-, I don't know. Like the ones that you really are that are memorable. Like I don't really need any more from it's just, you know so much. I mean, well, like, let me hop
3: on top of that. Yeah. Oh boy. Now they did this as a sci-fi movie years ago. Um, but I-, I have been I've been honking this horn Christine style for quite a while. What happened to Charlie
2: from Firestar? Here? I know you want this so bad, and you wanted her in Dark because there was
3: talk about they're doing like a shop type show, mm-hmm. the shop. I don't need that. But let's get, let's, can we get these kids happy together for God's sakes? Can we get a little dance Torrance She works Torrance at and Stone. Together? Oh, well, she just stayed there as like an
2: eight year old intern. <laughs> it's
3: like, <laughs> anything else, Mr. Winter? Uh, it's like, yeah, let me, let me. Uh, I like uh,
2: I like some coffee uh, with my sugar. Light this you know I mean. cigarette, will you? Hey, I, I, I've got some sexual
3: problems. I'm going <laughs> to deal with it for 20 years and I hate She's everybody. It's like, okay, uh, good
4: night.
0: Everybody uh, hates bye. working with me, even my wife. <laughs> I think um, <laughs> a character that is ripe for the taking and has been mentioned twice now mm-hmm. uh, in stories in a very minor way, but I think that there's a story there, is uh, Stevens from the club. Ooh, oh, yeah. Let's get some more club I think, talk. And I don't think it needs to be at all like Butler, some right? kind of prequel. Yeah. I think it could easily fella. be a new story at the club, and but something happens i think there's so much there that we don't know about i love that idea and we've just never explored it and i'm I think a sucker that... for
4: that trope of like wait you looked the same when i was seven years exactly. old
0: exactly <laughs> like i like them to carry on without explaining too i don't much yeah i don't that. want them to go into his history at all i think that mystery is part of the what's so alluring about it but i i would love to see and if, if i would love to see a story about him and going forward maybe maybe dealing with another group that comes in um and we don't necessarily hear a story but we hear his his account of that situation mm. and then maybe get a couple of uh, sprinkled hints of his past but we never answer anything outright yeah, leaving that know, mystery the mystery there but me. i would love this just to explore the club a little bit more and the uh the library of books that don't exist in our world and things
2: would be cool that would be cool also cool is mike ford how about a soul's midnight type episode revolving around the three scary stories to tell in the dark books i am all awesome. me how, how about core? it Mike? Full yeah core. Full
0: core. Full core. we are he i and maybe i'm speaking for everybody here but justin and i are huge scary stories to tell huge, in Dark huge fans fan. same. so yeah. much so we listened to the audiobooks at nauseum with george irving doing the uh doing the audio version have you heard those no, they, I, th- I oh, think they're all on YouTube, Mel. God, I mean, we they we are. grew up on these tapes. They're really good. These the tapes music's are,
3: great. The, the narration's amazing. The
0: tapes are available. You can find them, uh, snippets of them for sure on YouTube. But if you need them, uh, Mel, let me know. I'll give them to you. But they are they are excellent. And um, a lot of them are funny. Now, we, you know, we make fun of them because we love it. But they did really chill us to the bone growing up. And the illustrations by Stephen Gamble, um, I mean, we really could talk about this. But we, could, we really could do Souls minute. I mean, I was in correspondence with Scary Stephen. Scary stories to tell on the pod. I was in correspondence mm-hmm. with Stephen Gammel for a little bit. Uh, we hand wrote letters to each other. Uh, to each other. Uh, I was trying to do this whole thing. I, maybe I should save it for this. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I think, think it, we should. Because the movie's coming out be great. Out the summer. movie's coming out, and I think yeah. that would be a great that'd episode. Be a great so uh,
2: Mike Ford, good idea. Good job. Awesome. Um, who wants to read the next one? Daniel Messer? No.
4: Daniel Messer. How many bowls of turtle soup do you think Maturin would make?
2: Oh, God,
3: infinite.
0: Oh, my God. I have the answer.
3: Well, if you look at the biblical texts, God is infinite. Maturin is godlike. Therefore, it would take an infinite amount of bowls to have enough uh, space for the turtle soup.
0: I I have another answer to that. Uh, One, a two- a three, <laughs> a
4: three. He coughed
3: up a universe. <laughs> That's a scary story
0: to tell. A dark reference. Call
3: back to Mike Ford's question about no, scary no, no. There. It's
0: the no, owl no, with no. the Tootsie Pop. It's the album from, <laughs> from the Tootsie roll pop commercial. Oh, I, thought, oh, <laughs> I thought you were doing the slithery you d. Idiot. I was not I doing thought. the slithery d, but he does slurp at the very end. Well, let me yeah. give you a little nod. To, I was doing the crunch.
3: So you're referencing a 1983
0: commercial with the owl from the Tootsie. It made more
3: sense wow, if you were the doing the and the person born in 1989 day. really Because the question was, how
0: many bites does it take to... It was very similar to the question oh, that about Matter. That is true. No, you that know
3: no. what? There was no how many balls does it take to get to the center you of Matter? No, you of know Fuck all y'all. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Wait, all right.
3: Sorry, so, Mel, the, did the you have an answer? The question
4: is, what would be making turtle soup out of him?
3: I think we know the answer to that. Pennywise. Pennywise. Oh, Pennywise.
4: No, no, that, no, no, it's the bigger one. What's the name of like the big all knowing god? Like the Oh, Crimson the King?
0: It's like oh, searching the G? N- Nick Cage? <laughs> yeah,
4: Nick Cage. I like Gr- being a movie scary.
2: Is it, <laughs> it Is it matter
0: and I need your turtle soup? I, <laughs>
2: Where's Mandy? Um,
0: um
4: I just I just saw Con Air for the first time also
2: oh wow, they just did a rewatchable they though, did. So. well maybe, that's C- such maybe an enjoyable
0: that's like, that's the best Michael Bay movie he never directed. maybe Cage and are enjoying some turtle soup over mm. at the at the uh, airfield uh, that'd be nice
2: getting get in that old corvette. Andy Dutton last question boom, the podcast is always really positive about King and his works, but what is one book that is considered classic king that you simply didn't enjoy conversely. What is one book that is not considered a classic that you absolutely love? I think Mel and I might actually have, I think I know the answer for both of us for, for the first one, possibly. Okay, um, let's
4: say at the same time. On the count of three.
2: three, one, two, three,
3: three, Christ- Christie. Yeah. That's, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's an that's all right. That, I, that reread didn't hold up quite as well as it used to. Yeah. But um, or Firestarter, so yeah, yeah, Firestarter. Was on, was you know on too. what? You know what? If that's considered a classic, it is Firestarter? For it me. definitely is. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I was so disappointed. That was the first real big disappointment. I had to read that twice in three years. I was not happy.
0: I can't really say. You know, I I jumped to Pet Cemetery because I read a little bit of it and I I, I checked out. But that's really only because I had some associations with the film. And I just couldn't, I just, it was not in the right mind space. You got to go back Firestarter, yeah, I mean, no, I'm totally going to go back. Firestarter, if that is considered a classic, um, yeah, I agree with y'all. It it is, I have really fond memories of that episode and of the time in which we were reading it. But yes, I don't think, I, I didn't really enjoy that book in terms of it being a classic at all. Conversely, what is one book that is not considered a classic that you absolutely love? What, what now for for those of you that have read a lot more Stephen King? Is there something along the way or well, something we have read that the is
3: classic era? I consider like the seventies and eighties, mm-hmm. and then there's some great books, whether or not they were commercially or iconic as they were in the you know the early days. Is another story, but from what we've read so far, I think The Long Walk.
0: Oh, yeah. I wholeheartedly,
2: yeah. Although and that's, hands that's down, really agree starting with to come you. around. That's becoming a classic. That's now. becoming a classic. Yeah. But, I,
0: but I'm but i glad because yeah, that a... book really blew me away. Is and, it really
3: becoming uh, a story?
4: classic? I yeah. have not any it's, rumbles it. about it. It's like
3: the Halloween season of The Witch of yeah. um of the King, <laughs> of the King canon. Like, no, but that's a really very people. small
4: percentage yeah. of people who understand.
3: No, no, but I'm telling you, people are coming around to like they came around, they're finally coming around to that movie.
2: Sometimes they come around. Again. Yeah. Well, Gerald's game. Gerald's game is yours.
4: Yeah, and I want to say Knockers, but I want to be safe because oh,
3: I haven't I read it in a while. So maybe I'm not on the misery episode, but I will definitely be on the Tommyknockers
2: I, I, episode. People hate Cell, and I don't think it's as bad as people think. I don't know, you if know if it's a classic though. It's not a classic though, uh, but Mel, I don't think it deserves the hate that it.
0: Mel, has. would you consider yourself a a Tommy boy? <laughs>
2: <laughs> you turned it around. <laughs> Mac is now holding my Tommy Boy bobblehead that I got with the uh, 2005 10th anniversary DVD. Rest in
3: peace, by the way, Chris Farley. 20, yeah. 21 years ago today. That's yeah, I was uh,
2: I was Damn. around this time, 21 years ago, I was going to read for Lessons and Carols, which is our Christmas pageant at um, the Catholic school that I went to because I'm in, you know, a, so cat, a Jewish kid. <laughs> and I was losing my mind. And crying my eyes out, and, and like 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 because of Chris Farley's death, because I was so sad that he died, and I had to go read in front of literally every person that was involved in the school. Uh, an hour later, and uh, I did it. I was fine, but Good boy. yeah, I was I was just beside myself with mm. Chris Farley's death, but. We knew that we were going to talk about Chris Farley on this podcast. Well, Mac, nukes. You kept fingering the Farley figure. That's some alliteration. Uh,
3: that's some good alliteration, though. Can somebody give me some credit? For uh, that. I didn't finger anything. Fingering the Farley much, figure okay. during I, the
4: wildfires. I, 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 oh, not a good... The
0: forest fires. I lightly, <laughs> lightly adjusted his his coat and yeah. towards Mike so that he was li- very much like the Pez episode
2: of Seinfeld. Um, it was. I
0: moved excellent. the little figurine so it was looking. Okay. At Mike well, he <laughs> might, very listen. He might
2: be a Tommy boy. But I know of a Charlie boy, and I know that usually when we get to the Bag of Bones section of these episodes, it tends to be the end, but it's not. As we promised in the beginning of this uh, episode, we're going to be talking to the very singer-songwriter who wrote our theme song, The Friends Song, and also the new Christmas anthem that we currently have for our king episode so we're going to go into that conversation right now but stick around because not only does that conversation end with that great anecdote that i teased in the beginning but we have some nice special words at the very end uh, to celebrate these hundred episodes so as uh, as uh, the strokes say see you on the other side The history of us is interesting, um, even though that sounds like an NBC program. But, you know, I go back knowing you from when I was little just because I went to nursery school with your brother. Um, yeah. So you had to have been roaming around there somewhere. So <laughs>
1: Yeah, also in elementary school, not just nursery school. Yeah.
2: So it's interesting that you've been pretty much around my life uh, forever.
1: Your whole life.
2: <laughs> but 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 where I really got to know you, though, is back in college. And uh, when I was at Florida State University, unfortunately, and you luckily got to go to University of Florida. And- <laughs> um, I don't know how lucky it was. <laughs> well, I loved, I actually really loved UF, but I, so I was, I was always kind of jealous of uh, of the town that you got to be in. And and I loved it as a music town too. So, you know, when you were in The Most and I was in this really shitty band called the Pax Romana, we used to play shows together.
1: It was sort of perfect storm of musicians like uh in like that was made up of people from my high school who showed up and people from Fort Lauderdale who I knew and uh together we formed the most you know it was a good band for like 4 years uh, while we were doing our thing
2: I mean you were pretty much the band that everyone at least I from the people I knew in Tallahassee when you came in it was like, all right, well, we got to go see this band. Like, we're gonna go see them if no, if we're not opening for them at that point. And these those songs, like in that album, Mostified, I still listen to it every other week. And there's just something about that collection of songs that uh, that is stuck with me. And I and it's interesting is that I'm, I'm definitely not alone because what's crazy is that you know, like over the summer, we were using Tom Petty songs uh, for a year, and we were using a cover from The Kickback. That was of uh, even the losers, and halfway through uh, the summer, we were like, "Well, we got to ch- we got to change this up. We got to get an original song." And I I kind of panicked at a moment, and like, I just have that album <laughs> like in my iTunes; it's never left. And the the friends song was just I was like, well, "This is going to work." And I was just in such a pinch because I had to like fly out to Madrid to cover this festival that afternoon, and I was like, "Oh my god, I got to find a new theme song immediately. We can't keep using this one." So I, I just in a pinch, I just I, I I threw it on. I was like, "Friends song, okay." And the lyrics actually are parallel Stephen King's It. I mean, everyone knows that the, that book is the one
1: where the kids have like an orgy. I read it when I was like 15 and then I read it again last year. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. I really liked that book. It's like a pretty classic Stephen King book in like some ways, like his tone and his sort of like colloquialisms. But like, do um, so you, you think that the, I mean, and I, you know, I don't disagree with you. So you're just saying that the lyrics, uh, with the Friends song, if you, if you listen to them, it's sort of like, it's pretty much about hooking up with your friend. I mean, you know, like... Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Which is why, like, in the beginning... Because we just use, like, the first bit of it, and, and then we use the ending. There's just the lyric itself. When you know what happens in IT and we're the Losers Club, it's kind of funny. Like, it, it, it does work well within it, uh, within the confines. And I didn't really think about that until after I was, like, already... Like, I was on the flight and just listening to the episode and making sure everything sounded good. And I just kept re- listening to like the beginning over and over again, just cause I'm obsessive compulsive sometimes when it comes to editing. And I was like, oh my God, this actually does make more sense than, than even the Losers by Tom Petty. Like, I-, I just thought like people would think it was a joke. But the funny thing is, is that like, people are really loving this song. Like they're like demanding to know who it is. I'm not even joking, Charlotte. We get messages every other day that are like, what, who's this, who, who sings the song? I gotta get, I got, I have to get this song. I need the song now. Please tell me what it is. And we have to we continually share the Bandcamp uh, of most like every day. Like it's it's hilarious.
1: Oh, that's so cool. I mean, I really I appreciate. I'm. I, it's nice to know that like people still uh, you know are into it, and that it's maybe has aged like pretty well. Yeah.
2: Oh, totally. It totally has. I mean,
1: at least in 2006. I mean, a lot. I mean, it's not that long ago, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's a good song. Like um trying to think, like, you know, I, I wrote some anecdotes to it, I think, about it, um, on the band camp. I wrote a little bit of like uh a little like notes, liner notes about every every song
6: mm-hmm.
1: on the band camp there. Um uh on the most defied band camp. I think that's what it's called. It's the most Gainesville, I, <laughs> I think. I think that is, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: 'Cause I think I think by now I'm sure there's like countless bands that are called the most at this point.
1: I remember when we started in two thousand four there were four
2: one of the reasons why this is so special to me personally, I've met my you know current girlfriend because of the swap with the theme song. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. Yeah, she's she was listening to the podcast and she had reached out just randomly one summer night. Like, and some of the, the my friends here, they're in the that do the podcast. We were going out bowling, and um I was just uh, walking to the the bowling alley, and I get this message again. I was like, all right. Who is uh who does the theme song? And I'm like, oh god, this is like the fourth person that's asked about this in like the past week. And I had to, I already had the link, you know, copied and pasted and everything. You know, any, if it was any other song or whatever, I I wouldn't have just given some context. So I would just would give it to him and you know walk away. But we started talking because I was like, well, it's you know, I I, I went to you know we, I went to some college when I used to play in these bands together, and I you know we started talking that way. And the anecdote of 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 me knowing you. Led to this long conversation, and, and we're dating, and it's kind of fun. <laughs> so we, 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 she loves your music, by the way. So she actually, she had to get me to send the MP3s. That's how we actually even became closer, is because she outplayed the songs on Bandcamp because she played them <laughs> so many times, and I had to actually like finally go and um, you know, I was like, look, it's okay, I got the MP3s, I'll get into it. I, I forgive you. I thank you for that. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Friends song You have a ton of new songs Including one that we just used in this episode Tell us about it It's a, it's your new Christmas anthem It's a little dark It is
1: a little dark um, <laughs> Yeah, I'd say so I heard of this thing called It was popular in, I guess, the 30s uh, Then it made a, a bit of a resurgence, Like in the 50s and 60s It's called a murder ballad Oh, yeah Like Nick cave or something Yeah, and um, it was popular in blues as well I think it was like uh, Muddy Waters That like mm-hmm about the bubbles, the bubbles, like talking about it's going to like murder some man underwater. And like uh, this song was, it's really the Christmas time song. It's not like a Christmas song about Christmas. So it's called By Christmas. And what happened? I mean, there is kind of a story to it. Like, um, so I was, I had like this girlfriend uh, many years ago and um, leading up to Christmas, I was away. And I, I wrote this song, like not this song, I wrote like a different Christmas song, which is a more traditional song, um, which is actually on, included on the B side of like the digital release, but uh, called uh, Come Home for Christmas. It's more of a traditional Christmas song. It's a little, it's like bordering on psychedelic, but it's like, um, it's a sweet song. Uh, it's not like the greatest song in the world, but it's nice. And I thought, hey, why don't I write a Christmas song for my girlfriend? Anyway, years later, fast forward like eight years, um, me and that girl, we'd broken up, but I finally got to record it. And I, thought oh you know what like i'll I probably the credit where credit is due i'll like see if she wants to hear it you know because we're like we're still on speaking terms you know it wasn't acrimonious split so i sent her a message which was like do you want to hear this song if so like i'll send it to you that was it it was just like one sentence i hadn't spoken to her in a couple of years but like you know not because for any bad reason or anything anyway, my friend like called me up My like a mutual friend is like she called me up, and she's like, oh, my God, Charlie. Like, I'm so sorry. Oh, what happened? Like, you know, like, like you're actually such a jerk. Like, actually, those aren't the words that she said, but, like, she was, yeah. She was like, you're actually your such a bitch. Like, I can't believe she did that. And I was like, what are you, what are you talking about? You know, like, I was like, I haven't spoken to her in, like, years. And I was like, oh, except I did send her an email, like, last week. And she's like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And I was like, well, how could you possibly know about it? What are you talking about? She's like, oh, you haven't seen her Instagram? And I was like, oh, I don't follow her Instagram. Anyway, she, like, posted the email I sent with all these, like, nasty hashtags. Like, oh, like, loser, forget about it. Like, uh, anyway, long story short, I was so mad. I was, like, as mad as I've ever been about anything. I couldn't believe it. It was, like, such a betrayal. Like, here's a problem, I thought, with my friend. Like, doing this, like, rude thing, like, out of nowhere. (laughs) Maybe she had her reasons. But... I don't understand them. But anyway, I was so mad that I had to channel it. So this was like a really a real cathartic, like angry song, like a murderous Christmas song. And it was like a sort of a nod to the original Christmas song, but you know what? Actually writing it made me feel a lot better. And um, you know what? But <laughs> that being said, like songs that are just like written as part of a catharsis, you got to watch out because they can be bad. There's just inherently, there's a risk there that you're just whining or something. And like, uh, I didn't want to do that. So I wanted to like tell, try to tell a story and make it, make it a bit, you know, abstract as well. I mean, there's people who listen to the song and they think it's about the uh, 1914 Christmas armistice um, <laughs> at uh, uh, World War I. You know, that was the first person I showed it to. I was like, hey, what do you think? He's like, wow, that's amazing, dude. Is that about World War One? And I was like, No. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, yeah. Well <laughs> like I think that's the good thing about like making your like making the song a bit abstract is that people like bring their own experiences to the song you know it's funny because i started to tell you the story about what the song was about and um and i actually forgot that i was on a podcast and that like a bunch of people are gonna hear it (laughs) normally people ask me like what's this song about what do the lyrics mean and i just kind of think you know what i mean like what do you think it means i i I love hearing about what people like think the songs are about oftentimes they, they i mean a lot of times they get it right on the money but when they're like way off i mean i think that's the most interesting thing it really tells you more about the listener
2: that's why i've loved about your music forever i mean you tell stories without being too explicit with the details that you can really kind of relate to it in so many different ways and and i think that's the mark of a really great songwriter and i think that's always been your strength for sure which is why i think a lot of the, the songs that you have connect with so many different people that i've met over the years speaking of stories you know you had mentioned you read it and growing up, did you have any favorites of Stephen King or did you, was it something that you read maybe later on or?
1: There was a couple, I had a couple of favorites. Um, well, when I was 16, I read The Stand. That was like, uh, I, I was like blown away by that. Like, just, I mean, call, I mean, it's a cliche to call it epic, but like, I mean, it was amazing.
2: Oh, it is. It, it totally is. It's so insane.
1: But. The one that really stuck with me, and it's funny because it ended up cropping up later in my life, was uh, he had a book of short stories, which I think is called Skeleton Crew. I don't know if you read that Oh, one. yes. Yes, absolutely. And there was, well, oh, first of all, The myth right off the bat. Love The Mist. Right in the jaw. What a story. I was just like, I mean, because it's so personal. It's such a personal tale, right? Because like really, I mean, it's not really a story about monsters in The Mist really a story about people in the supermarket mm-hmm. who are just losing their mind, you know, and it's like, I mean, with fear, I mean, it's just fear driving them to like the basis to that. And like, that's, that's, that's where King like shines, I think. Um, And, uh, but okay, but here's the thing. So I was uh, 12 when I read it and I was crossing, I was on the sailboat with my family crossing the Atlantic. Um, And uh, oh, I had, I read this book called the story in, I'm pretty sure it's, yeah, skeleton crew uh, called... I think I know what you're going to say. <laughs> survivor type. Yep. <laughs> right. And now, like, in, on the boat, we had all these uh, these other books. We had all these books that have, like, survivor books, like, what to do if you, you know, if a pod of whales crashes into you, what to do if you get stranded on a desert island, you know, how to... You know, how to survive, like all these different books. One of them was called Survival. It was an excellent book. That was uh, one of my favorites. But now, but it wasn't horror. That was like, that was nonfiction. However, now when I got to this survivor type, I mean, it really got under my skin. And now my, (laughs) it got under my skin. I was 12. My brother was eight. Mm -hmm. So I really took a lot of delight in uh, telling him the story Mm -hmm. and making him so scared. Like that, he he like really didn't fall. He didn't fall asleep, or like he was just like up. He's like,
6: oh, I don't want to go. Want to go. He
1: was like really, just scared of crashing the boat, you know, in the middle of the night, and like having to eat his himself. Like, well, I mean, I was too, but I, I was twelve, so I um, you're a little yeah. older. Yeah, yeah, a little older, a little bit more able to uh. process some know. of the stuff. And <laughs> yeah. but like, it is a scary thing to read when you're like out there.
2: I would imagine. I can't even. That's like such a terrifying book to read. At that point, although, to be fair, you're with your family. So if you did crash and everyone else did, you know, died, you'd actually have uh, bodies to eat and stuff. So um, you would oh, have
1: yeah. to. I mean, have <laughs> been full well, for days. Had, <laughs> I had five family members. Well, yeah, start yeah. with a little one and then work our way. Well, oh, <laughs> actually, I was the second little one. Oh, we also had dogs. We could have a cup, eat a couple of dogs and a cat. And then Lawrence. Um, by then, we'd probably be rescued.
2: <laughs> well, what's funny is that, and I know, I think this is what you're going to mention is uh, earlier this summer when we had our Stephen King Film Festival in uh, Chicago, we actually screened uh, Billy Hansen's Survivor Type, and you did the song for that
1: and the soundtrack.
2: Yeah, which is amazing. Like I, that's so you that it's cr- kind of wild to think that as a 12 year old, you had no idea that you were going to be soundtracking ostensibly the first adaptation i think of this story i don't know if anyone else has really done it before
1: there are there's more than one now but in 2011 or 2012 whenever it was done was uh it was the first one yeah and, and boy was it, so you saw it
2: oh yeah yeah we we screened it on the big screen here in um at uh, the music box and it was great it looked awesome and you could just hear people like there there's that nervous laughter when he starts like going further and further. And, uh, you know, cause it's like a sick, it is like a just kind of like a black comedy in a way.
1: That's how they shot it. They shot, I mean, that it is, it is like shot as like a, yeah. a dark, dark comedy. Like, yeah. you know, it's not even funny. It's just, it has those moments of levity that like keep you from vomiting.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: I, I do actually have some, uh, like at least two interesting Stephen King stories. Oh, yeah, go for it. No, i just tell you one.
2: Yeah, go for one. And save the other
1: one for the next time. <laughs> okay, so when I was uh, 14, I loved Stephen King. He was my favorite author. And, like, um, I was doing this project, um, like, about him for, like, in ninth grade, where they told us to pick an author, an American author. I went to the library, and I read his, uh, I was reading his, I think it was his Playboy interview. Although, uh... Couldn't get Playboy from the library, but I was I got, yeah, I got the interview for the. Li- I mean, I really, really like was researching it, which is I think looking back, it's pretty impressive for a ninth grader. Yeah, I think I, I, read, I read this one story where the interviewer asked him. He, he was like, "Hey, um, have you ever bumped into anyone who was like reading your stories?" Mean, Stephen King says, "Yeah, like, uh, yeah, I was sitting next to this woman on a flight, and um, and she was reading Carrie. I think she was reading Carrie." And uh, I said, Oh, like, uh, what do you think of the book? And she said, Oh, it's rubbish. And anyway, I avoided her for the whole rest of the flight. It's like I, I tried to pretend I was sleeping or something. And then and so I was like, Wow, that's so hard. Poor old Stephen King. And I remember my mom told me that she had been on a flight, like, and she sat next to this creepy looking dude wearing snake skin boots who had, like, who's like sitting next to her. And she was, she'd been reading the book, Carrie. Right? And she was, like, you know, she, the guy sat next to her and just, like, kept staring at her, right? And then, and my, like, my my mom's, like, a pretty lady. And, like, I don't know. I guess she just thought he was, like, giving her an eyeful. Anyway, finally goes, hey, what do you think of the book? And she's sitting next to him at first class. And she was just, like – and she was really enjoying it. And, like, she goes – but she didn't want to talk to this, like, creepy-looking guy. And she was, like, uh, oh, it's terrible. Like, oh, I, that's a terrible book. <laughs> and, then, and then, like, he, he didn't talk to her for the whole rest of the flight. And then, like, later on, I showed her this article. I was like, this, does this sound like what happened to you? And she's like, oh, my God. I love Stephen King. what like, happened. And, like, yeah, like, uh, yeah, I think my mom, like, totally snubbed Stephen King, gave him, like, a, you know, like, a, a like horrible anecdote. <laughs> like the one time where he like he decided to talk to someone who was reading his book or like you know at the time of this interview and she totally blew him off was like oh no it's terrible i hate this book it's this terrible
2: oh my god book. that's so funny
1: <laughs> I, st- I was like what
2: well i i can't wait to hear the next one and that's why i gotta get you back on so what do you got going on in 2019
1: well um i got uh actually i have worked, like done a bunch of videos i uh, got one called la petit more which is, I think, the next one that's going to come out. It's a—it's uh, well, really a love song, but La Petite mort" is a French idiom, which uh, means the little death, which you may or may not know. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, is an orgasm. And uh, <laughs> it's really, I mean, it's a love song. I don't know. Mike, have you heard it? Have you heard that song? I have not heard that song. No, no. Oh, oh. Well, it's a bit rude. Uh, but uh my parents actually actually my pa- I, that was they were the, they were the ones I was like a little concerned I was like ah oh, should I show this to my parents you know like I, I don't know what other artists do when they have like rude words in the, and, but like but I was like I don't know is my dad gonna like it but when he saw the video he loved it he's like ah because the video is like a sort of a wedding
2: oh I have seen that one yes I have yes because uh when Billy was in town he showed me the video for it yeah. It's hilarious, yeah. yeah. No, that, that 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 video is hilarious.
1: That's that's one of them. Actually, got every part the song, every part as another Ooh. music video that I filmed. There's another one called uh, "I Love You Goodbye," which is uh, we filmed that, and there's actually a bunch. There's a bunch, and then there's the video. So I know Christmas is like a, less than a week away, but by Christmas has a video, which was it's supposed to. Come out! I haven't, it hasn't like been released yet. I know it sounds crazy, but if you follow me on YouTube, I'm gonna drop it in the next day or two. Well, we will absolutely share it for uh, sure. Cool, 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 cool. And then, um, yeah, and then 2019, like uh, I, I, I got signed to a, a small record label here in London called Scratchy Records, and then we've just been releasing singles and then uh, four more videos. And Jeez. Not including the Christmas song.
2: Charlie Andre, we want to have you come back, and you will be back because. You're the first thing that everyone hears when they listen to these podcasts. So
1: either way, oh.
2: you're always here. <laughs> you're part of the club. So
1: Ah, thanks, Mike.
2: Well, thank you so much and have a good holiday. And uh, hopefully we'll see each other soon.
1: <laughs> Charlie Andrick signing off. Uh-huh. Although, I, uh, if you want to hear my new music, it's called Coach Hop. Coach
2: Hop. Absolutely. And we've been promoting Coach Hop in every article on consequences of Sound. And we will continue to do that on all our social networks. So please follow Coach Hop. And everything that Charlie Hendrick does—one of the most creative people I've, I've ever met in my life—and I've met a lot of creative people. So, and that's not tooting my horn. It's just showing you the level of mastery that we're working with here. Charlie, thank you so much. We'll talk soon. I—I've uh, just got to run. <laughs> Well, how about that anecdote? Huh? Wow, it's hilarious! What's well, a, a great razor. anecdote? Can you it's... repeat it one more time?
0: And well... you know, I I know you said "See on the other side" by the Strokes, but it's also a, a David, David Gray, Gray, Gray quote. Which was, <laughs> if if you know
2: if you know what what show used that, I'll buy your lunch next time. Well, Smallville. Okay. Well,
6: <laughs>
2: where's that lunch money? God, God damn it. it! Well, we're going to Taco Bell. Um, no. Um, so a hundred episodes one hundo we we reached a hundo wow, i can't can actually... believe it you know i'm really i'm actually I, i'm really
0: really really proud mm-hmm. i can honestly say and i'm it literally i'm tearing up a little bit here i can honestly say this is something i've been really proud of i have been we have been really dedicated to this we have seen it through thick and thin there's been ups and downs lots of turns and just twists. All, a, twists and turns, you know, like all the great novels out there, there's been twists and turns and, you know, it's been high octane thrill ride all the way through, <laughs> but seriously, really proud of what we've done here. And I'm um, really excited that we have such a great, uh, fan base. We have, I mean, the, the listeners are, are awesome. Yeah. I mean, this bat the bag of bones would not exist if the fans didn't exist and we love your questions, and we love interacting with y'all on social media, and we're really excited to go into year three. Uh, that trailer, Mike, that you that you threw up with the uh, the Back to the Future Three music, um, cool. yeah. really got me excited for uh, this next year. But a hundred episodes. Wow. I mean, I remember watching television shows, and we would get to the hundredth episode of whatever it was Buffy, whatever the hell it was. And those were forty five minutes, and long. we were like, "Oh my yeah!" Those are only forty five <laughs> minutes long. We, these episodes have been like four hours long sometimes. So I feel really accomplished. I I feel really happy and really, um, really ha- really glad that we've done this. We've met so many cool people doing this uh mel i would not know you if this didn't exist i'm really happy to meet to have met you and i came
4: on on episode 25 i just checked the (sighs) spreadsheet so i've been here for about three quarters of the time
0: over three quarters (laughs) yeah and uh i mean i could go on and on and on i'm sure I, i i'm i'm just waxing nostalgic now but i'm i'm just really excited to be on this journey and really happy that it exists um so thank you for listening for the last hundred episodes and if you haven't listened to all hundred go back and listen to them we're releasing them we're remastering them yes and uh, they they've uh, those episodes are, are 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 coming out slowly but surely but they're there and uh, we're gonna prioritize the book ones first Yeah, oh absolutely yeah. You know, absolutely the,
2: the, the news episodes that's where you get a lot of the the fun banter and the inside jokes with us and all but the book episodes are where it's at and uh, back. and um, <laughs> and so we, we you know we're gonna be one of the ways that we've been doing it is like rem- the anniversaries has been a, like an easy way to remind us, and also any episodes that link with the ones that we're currently talking about, which is why we unlocked the Gunslinger. Um, but we're going to try to get the, the, the immediate first five classics like out there as soon as possible. Yeah. Those are the ones that really gunsling- well, and I
0: was
4: talking- if we, here's some Gerber for you if we assume oh. that each episode is about an average of three hours long. We've spent about 12 and a half days recording podcasts. Yeah,
2: that's
0: wild. Hey, 12 days of Christmas, 12, 12. days of King Miss.
2: Oh yeah. And we're going to have many King <laughs> Oh yeah. Uh I, yeah, I'm 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 really stoked that we've we've been doing this for 2 years at this point. I mean, it's 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 kind of wild to think that it's it has been 2 years since uh next you know, it's been 2 years since we've developed this for sure.
3: Yeah. Um, well, you
2: know, you we we were about talking this about this in November. Yeah, because I was no. reading Carrie around then also. So After I, the election, I
0: started reading Carrie. Mike reached out to me and Dan because we were helping with some of the early editing uh, yeah. slash recording of the episodes. Mm-hmm. And I found the original recordings of Carrie on my computer. And I started listening to the very first recording, wow. which took place in my apartment, yeah. uh, one mic- around one microphone. Um, that's two partners ago. And know. and it and it was two it was a two part episode, I believe, or at least two recordings because yeah. it was so long, it was it was a four hour episode or something like that. And I listened to a, a bit of it and uh I it's just it's amazing how far we've come at this point. Yeah. And I'm just really happy to be to be continuing.
2: This. It's funny, I was watching um Ready Player One the other night and <laughs> <laughs> I know that sounds. I know, whatever. Top fifteen I year. like it. Yeah, it's my top fifteen. It's my top twenty-five. I think a lot of it is is a part like one of the reasons why I love that movie so much is because it it was literally like plopped down during one of the worst parts of my life, and yet that two and a half hour or three hours that we were in the the music box, just all of us like going on out an outing to go see this movie together it was, it was one of the most enjoyable experiences I've had, like, at the Music Box, and even just this past year, for sure. And we didn't know it was coming. We had no idea it was coming, and, like, and, like, it was just so much fun to be together, and it just felt, at that moment, it almost felt like we were, like, kind of the losers in the book, Um, because it just, there was just, we were so, like, there was such a strong bond there, and, like, I've, you know, felt that for sure, which is why, like, I'm, which has definitely been a detriment, because I've, in some respects, because I feel like I could just literally text anything, which is not a good idea, but it's <laughs> been great, and, you know, and I, and honestly, it's it's provided, and I've said this so many times, i said this on, on, um, King's Giving, but it's definitely provided such an escape, and that, that is has absolutely, like, saved my life, for sure, you know, over the past couple of years, so I am looking forward to season three, uh, I, I'm very excited for that, because these are books and stories I actually, some of them I don't even really know about yet, so... You know, like yeah. I don't know anything about the Tommyknockers, so I'm excited about that. So, oh,
3: so you know. excited for that! Going to be a fun. We're going to change all the lights in here to green. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be, actually, that'd be pretty awesome <laughs> if we did that. Green yeah. light bulbs. We really will. We will. Um, so, um, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, just say that. You know, they said that they said it wouldn't last. They said, and that kiss, Lisa Marie Presley. No, then they say they say it wouldn't last. They said that they said that they they'd never get to 100 episodes, and by they I mean Justin Gerber. I am uh, pleasantly <laughs> surprised that we uh, have made it this long. And again, this was supposed to be a bi-weekly podcast yeah. in which yeah, we were no just joke. covering books. the books. And if you know this, you know when we started, we covered, what, eight books in the first four months. Yeah. And before we realized, oh, wait, there's actually a fan base out there, and there's a lot more material out there. There are movies, there are interviews, there's a lot of news going on, there are TV shows. So we were like why are we burning ourselves out? (laughs) Let's kind of be a little more patient with this and enjoy the reading schedules. Um, But like Max said, I think we were all huddled around that little microphone in your studio apartment like we were huddled around a campfire telling tales. It was fun. Like scary stories to tell in the dark. I'm trying to make everything tie back into this episode. No, it's You're doing a good job. Um, And that voice we just heard, I I never would have heard that voice in my life if it wasn't for this podcast. The
4: Dulcet Tones. The Dulcet Tones (laughs) Mel Castle.
3: And for that matter, Aisha, who just joined the podcast, too. Oh, yeah. She's been awesome, and she's going to be with us next year as well. Um, It's been great getting close to everybody else surrounding one of our favorite authors, who is Stephen King. And, I mean, we've been able to talk to uh, high-profile directors from it. We're going to... 1922, I mean, Wallace, the gang. Mike Flanagan from Gerald's yeah, Flanagan, Game. Mary I mean, Lambert, for Christ's no.
2: sake, from Pet uh,
0: Cemetery. Tom Jane. Tom, Tom Jane. Jane like, well, I believe it was our first uh, interview, hey. wasn't he?
2: That was one of the biggest. The, the first interview we had was Adam Stork. That's and right. That's, it was, was awesome so too. That was the Because that, that was a nightmare day, if you recall, because the computer went dead. But you know what? He was that so was patient great. With him, so. yeah.
0: He was great. Yeah. Love Adam. But yeah. well,
3: I'm looking forward to more interviews to come. Hopefully, we'll interview the. The duo behind Pet Cemetery next year, yeah, who already kind of reached out to us, yeah, already. So yeah, they're down for that.
0: You know, I gotta say, a lot of people ask us all the time, like, when are you gonna interview Stephen King? And I, I think I always say, you know, why, why would we do that and right now? Yeah, we've got to save the best for last, King. We know you're listening. <laughs>
4: yeah, it's that the way because of us. the timing yeah. issue that we, we have. Know, <laughs> we know, we know you're raring no, to talk
0: no. to us about your career. We'll get to you when the time is right.
4: Be patient, Mr. King.
0: Stephen will come to you. All right, don't worry. We'll come to you.
3: Yeah. And we'll talk to you. Mel, any any words?
4: 100 episodes is so many episodes. That's, That's such an accomplishment. Um I still feel enormously lucky to have been included at all and I feel enormously lucky to still be able to be included even though I'm not physically present in the studio. Um I think it speaks to the strength of the connection that we have with the material and with each other, that it's still doable across instances, which we already knew it was with Dan Caffrey. Um, but it's so hard to keep in touch with anyone these days. And the fact that we can make it to hundred episodes with people a little bit scattered, I think is a testament to the strength of the podcast. And I view this work as clarifying and important to me as a writer and as a person. Um, and I love that it is, Perceived as important to people who love King and grew up with King like we did, I think it's so fortunate that we found this niche yeah. um, that was kind of begging to be spelunked, if you will. Yeah,
3: and the t- um, and the timing.
4: We, yeah, the we timing is incredible. It's a yeah. borderline supernatural. This Renaissance is insane. Like. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, it feels incredibly fortuitous. I feel lucky in every aspect of this podcast and especially, um, with the friendships that have come from it. And we've said this, you know, it's a broken, it's a broken record of sentimentality, but the, <laughs> nonetheless, very honest and true. And I will be in Chicago in January and I'm so excited to see you guys.
2: Very excited. I'll be here. Max awesome.
4: <laughs> just... like, Ooh, about that
0: i speak uh, yeah, on behalf gonna, of, You know, as soon as you get here, I'm actually not gonna be here.
3: <laughs> I'll speak on behalf of of Dan and Randall, who left me a message that just said, "Fuck everybody. I hate. <laughs> I hate all of our listeners. I hate this podcast and all the co-hosts." But, well, I know, you know. I
0: you know, I reached out to Randall, and and, and I know behind the scenes, uh, you listeners know that Randall and I are always butting heads. Um, yeah, and it uh, he 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 was a legend, and he reached out to me, and he said that um, he was maybe gonna come out and. Uh, have a celebratory drink with us tonight so uh, well i'll let you know if he actually comes out to uh, celebrate 100 100 episodes yeah happy anniversary everybody
2: well this has been quite a ride and it's only i'm not gonna say it's only just getting started because that that would have been something we would say in the first year but uh we've got you know three times a charm and season three is going to be a lot of fun
4: 2019.
2: 2019, the we year have to of really ramped the hell out of that too. We have chapter 19. it chapter two. We got Pet Cemetery. We got more Castle Rock. We got a lot,
0: and we're kicking it off with Misery, which with misery. is excellent.
2: Great way to pick it off. Oh, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. I'm excited. You're excited. You're excited. Jack Nicholson's excited. Jack Nicholson's excited, <laughs> and Mel's excited. So, on that note. Long Long days and And pleasant pleasant nights.
6: Merry Christmas to me.
5: Merry Christmas to me. Merry Christmas to me. Merry Christmas to me.